Hello and welcome to episode 13, the lucky episode 13 of the Fun Filthy Podcast. We're recording this the day after the night that was the Oscars. Jasper, you want to go first or shall I? Well, why don't we go together? Okay. On three? Okay. One, two, three. Yes! Yes! Come on, Jackson! Yes! Yes! We're happy the Parasite won best um, <laughs> picture. Yeah. Um, very happy about that. Very, very happy. Got it right for once. Fucking hell. Got yeah, it right. that was a shock, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Does this set a precedent of a... Of a oh, I don't know if we can be that optimistic. <laughs> no. We just think, we've talked about it setting a precedent in the sense of... Um, you know, Rami Malek won last year, and then yeah. they nominated Phoenix this year. So there was this idea that okay, not greatly reviewed films are now getting in. I but I, the, the same awards that nominated Joker for the most Oscars also gave Parasite best picture, yes, best director, and basically nothing to Joker. It won two things. Yeah, Phoenix like and the two things score. and score the yeah. two things it was like definitely yeah. gonna win. Yeah. So our precedence being, where it's like anything can happen at the Oscars now. We can nominate shit and reward actual genius. That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we quite live in that world yet. No, we definitely don't. No. Well, the thing is, like, I don't, I don't know fully how it works. But obviously, the Academy members vote individually. Yeah. And then they just put the winner in an envelope and give it to the, per, you know. Yeah. I don't know how far in advance they know who's won or anything like that. I'm sure we could look into that. But it, this does feel like a kind of engineered thing, in a sense of like, nobody thought Parasite was really going to win Best Film. No. It was going to be 1970, and that was the clear front runner. Yes. And then they do this, where like, not only original screenplay, but director and film. It feels like a thing that they've done to kind of surprise you. Like, look, we can do this. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it can't be engineered, because it's, an, it's not a collective... Unless they've all met and gone, let's all vote for Parasite. Yeah. Which could have happened. Maybe. I mean, the, 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 the reaction it got when it won Best Film yeah. indicates that Hollywood was completely on its side. You know? Yeah, I've never seen, good. in perhaps living memory, a film receive as much goodwill as Parasite. No. Has. A little bit because kind of it was the underdog, yes. in, in a sense. But I've just in my lifetime, I don't think I've ever seen a film receive such unanimous praise, where everyone we know who's seen it ranks it as like the best film, yeah. at, at least of the year. It's just so bizarre. Yeah. And like, you know, we talked before about when we were doing our top 10s of the decade, that mine, my top 10s generally didn't cross the 2015 threshold. Yeah. And then Parasite came in right at the end. Yes. Yeah. It just has this thing where it's breaking through all things. All barriers. Yeah. All barriers. Tearing everything down. Yeah, all you know. Rules, all expectations. It's already jumped up to like fourth best for me of the decade. Right. Maybe third. Well, the, the, the problem is... I should have delayed our list a little bit. If it's yeah, going to yeah, keep jumping yeah. up for you. I would say, the, well, the, the problem I have is obviously we do like our own awards. Mm. I already know what's like one that. best picture for next year. That is annoying. <laughs> I said to you, didn't I? I said, imagine how much time you would have on your hands yeah. if you didn't watch any films from this year knowing that Parasite's going to win. If I just conceded yeah. that that was the winner. Exactly, yeah. yeah. thing is, it's like, realistically, it's going to be pretty hard yeah. to make a film this year that is better than Parasite. But I have to, I have to live in the hope. <laughs> Not like I don't expect it. Like it would just be too. I would be too spoiled if there was a film better than Parasite. Mm, yeah, but you gotta like you gotta have that hope that we need to exist in a world where you can make a film better than Parasite. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know. I mean the world the the world of film gave us Parasite. It can have a year off as far as I'm concerned. It can. No, because no, it had like the second half of the 2010s off. 
It did. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, think yeah. I, I think I might have said this on a. Yeah, but it gave us three. You know, <laughs> it gave us three. as great as Parasite is, 2019 gave us one, maybe two if you count yeah. like Knives Out. I might have said this on an earlier podcast, but uh, like Mark Kermode, when Pan's Labyrinth came out, he said, um, "If I can just get a film like this every ten years, I can put up with all the tat yes. that cinema throws at me." I sort of feel that way about Parasite. Okay. I can pot up with years of mediocre fear as long as every, you know, once in a blue moon mm. you get a Parasite. Yeah. So, speaking of which, this podcast is essentially going to be us discussing the films that were up for Oscars that we haven't already talked about. Yes. Yeah. Um, Not all of them, of course, just the ones that we feel like. The ones we've all seen. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, we talked about Joker when it came out. We did. As we did with The Irishman. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, they'll be... Oh god, I can't even remember the episodes. Just, just listen to all of our episodes before, have we yeah. and eventually you'll encounter them. Have we talked about Marriage Story? No, we haven't. Okay. <laughs> we weren't prepared for a Marriage Story discussion, were <laughs> really. But, I mean, you know, we all think very highly of it. Isn't it your... Yes. It's it your favourite. It was my film of 2019, because I don't include Parasite for yeah, 2019. Yeah. So, it's definitely top five. Because it came out, was it yesterday, or a couple of days ago in the UK? Friday. And we're, Friday. obviously we're recording right yeah. after the Oscars, so... Yeah, marriage, marriage Story is up there. Let's quickly do Marriage, marriage Story is um, re- really well done. Subtle direction. Yeah. Great performances. Adam Driver should have won the Oscar. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's about it, really. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to really condense yeah. rather than delve into a massive in-depth Well, here's the thing. Films it. like that, I usually don't... No, it's not that I don't like them. They're just not films that I favour. They're the yeah. type of things that amongst us, yes. I would go, oh, that's a Sam that's film. A Sam that's film. not a Jordan film. Yes. It's a very me film. It's a very yeah, me film as well. Yeah, the three of us, it's a very Addy film. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I was quite taken with it. I really yeah. like the the thing that I like about the directing, um, the thing that I kind of noticed, it happens a couple of times in the film, is when a character is sort of like, kind of like you, when they're sort of talking nominally in a conversation, but they're basically monologuing. Right, okay. They're just, they're never, it's never just them sitting down and nothing's really happening. They always find a way of giving the characters something to do, whether it's the, yeah. the fact that they're walking into a different room to complete the task, or mm. whether they're like, you can tell their emotional state is changing. Yeah. And that's the thing that kind of, because whenever you see, you see films like this, which are very like screenplay heavy, and they're essentially just kind of people in rooms, yeah, you always run the, yeah, you always yeah. run the risk of going, well, couldn't this have just been a theatre piece? Right. Mm. What does it being a film add? What does it, it being a film do that you couldn't do on a stage show? Yeah. But... I don't know, just like those little touches and the fact that you're, you're so close to the actor's face that you can see every like micro-expression. Because mm. it's a film about uh, two people getting a divorce. Yeah. Initially, they're on uh, good terms yeah. and they want the divorce to be amicable. And, but then their lawyers get involved and they basically fuck it all up. Yeah. So it's a very emotionally charged film. Yeah. So the fact that you can see every like micro-expression and you can really I, see the I, I change, say, it's great. I, I feel like it, it's summed up with how their relationship deteriorates like by A-line by Adam Driver. Which is I got it up to make sure I get yeah. the exact line right. Which is every morning I wake up and I wish you were dead. Yeah, the, well, that, there's obviously there's that one really explosive argument. Yes, um, which is like the, the best scene of the year, pretty much. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, yeah, just the powerhouse of acting, writing, all all the things combined. Yeah, I mean, th- there's this kind of idea that if a screenplay is inherently theatrical, by which we mean dialogue heavy, yeah, people yeah. in rooms talking, mm. that to justify being a film, it has to kind of flash it up a little bit. Yeah. Which I, I don't like the idea of that as it is. Yeah. Um, you're right. It does kind of um, justify itself by, by what it does. But at the same time, my argument would be you can just do a play on yeah. film. Your only justification needs to be, well, people are going to see it. Yeah. No one's going to see Marriage Story if it's a play. 
people are going to see it if it's on Yes, Netflix. and that is, yeah. I understand that, but it is yeah. also kind of, um, oh, the only reason we're making it a film is because people watch films. Yeah, that's not, it's not the best reason to choose that as your. It's not the best reason, but I mean, you know, it's not. That's not the case. Clearly, like Noah Baumbach is a filmmaker. Yeah, this, yeah. You know, this was intended to be a film. Yeah. But generally speaking, I don't think it's necessarily. Yeah, you know, I don't want to watch a film that is just people on a stage with a camera set up. Yeah. Capturing mm. it. Yeah. Uh, it does need to have something. Mm. But I, you know, I, I do think there's a case to be made for. Well, at least people are going to see it in this format, you know. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. it's, it's Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson who are both yes. uh, very popular right now, and yeah, it's and nice both. to see that they can both still act. Yeah, I say, yeah. I, I say that. I mean that more in the case of Scarlett Johansson because she's been involved in like the Marvel films and she's done stuff like Lucy for so long. It's nice to see her do. But she was always like, doing... oh yes, I see mm. the girl that was in yeah. uh, Lost in Translation. Yeah. I still see that actress yeah. in there. But she was always doing kind of interesting stuff. Okay. In the background, like under the skin and, you know. Her. Ghost in the shell. Yeah, not ghost in the shell. <laughs> yeah. I won't call that in the background, someone's no. just burning in the foreground. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, is that it for marriage? We weren't planning on talking about marriage. We weren't, no. But, uh, uh, no, just compliment. God, that's what happens when we go off the chain. <laughs> Metal. Uh, you said, okay, very quickly about Adam Driver, though. Yeah. Um, you've always liked him, but you've never, like... Yeah, I've never got it. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say this is the film that made you sort of get it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I watched it kind of on your recommendation, but also mm. it was something that I was going to get around to anyway. Yeah. Um, and then not long after we saw it, we went over to a friend's house and he showed us a bunch of Adam Driver's stuff from SNL. Yeah. It was like him winning a Golden Globe and just going mad with his wife. And then the one where he's playing like a, like a, a parody. An oil baron. A parody, yeah. like an oil baron, where yeah. he's just like in this old age makeup and he's in like the classroom going, and you will crash your enemies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just seeing like that like range in such a short period of time. It's like, oh yeah, this guy is legit. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I the thing I like about him kind of on a, a more meta level is that, you know, I get the impression Adam Driver issues celebrity. Yes. He kind of shuns all that stuff. He kind of knows it's nonsense. Yeah. He was the one laughing the most at the Golden Globes. Yeah. It seemed. Yeah. He gets it's all just a bit of a farce. And he's just got that quality of, I'm sure if you really dug, you could find, uh, find out about his life. But he's got that quality of sort of mystery to him. Like, I don't really know what he's... No, I mean... What his thing is, he could, you know? Yeah, he could kind of be anyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the thing, from like, any interviews I've seen of him, he seems quite down to earth and quite humble, I think. Yeah. That's the thing. I imagine he was that kind of person anyway. I don't know if his time in... Is it the army? He served in the army? I think he was a marine. He was a marine. Mm, I'm sure yeah. that... I don't know if that contributed to it as well, the fact oh, that I'm he's sure, yeah. come from that. Yeah. So he's kind of like, you know, oh, I'm not. He's he's worldly. Yeah, he's worldly. Yeah. I'm not, you know, this. I don't have this ego that's sort of taking over everything I do. Yeah, I don't. Not that he's had an opportunity yet, but I imagine if he were to ever win an award, he wouldn't do like a a Brad Pitt or a Joaquin Phoenix speech. No. Yeah, you just get up and thank yeah. the people that actually created the film. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's a. Imagine know. if he didn't. He just, he just, he just like. Just kind of, he gets all up, of a sudden, he, he became a dick. He, you know, he just has like, I'd like to thank myself yeah. for uh, winning this award. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you all. Yeah, it's maybe, maybe that's it then. Maybe all actors should go through boot camp. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> and they, you should be automatically be um, drafted if you go if you become an actor in Hollywood. Yeah, so you have a sense that your opinion isn't really worth that much. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I am interested to see what he does next. Like, I know, yeah. I, I know he's got. There's a film called Annette coming out like next year or something. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'm interested to see what he does in terms of like. Because I think I feel like he will win an Oscar at some point. Oh, you will, but for the wrong film. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. it'll probably be a while before we get there. I imagine. Yeah. I don't know how old he is, but it'll be later in his career, probably. He yeah. is. He's thirty-six. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I'm just casually stalking his Wikipedia page while we talk. <laughs> 
stroking his picture oh I had a driver <laughs> he's also kind of not to be not to offend the guy he's kind of weird looking and that sort of helps in the yeah but not he, yeah um, it's not off putting he, he, no, 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 no. he looks like when the, he because obviously he's in Star Wars yeah. he looks like a bad guy yeah but he he kind of can look like anything that he's playing yeah, you yeah. Know? he I just has a kind of weird sort of clay like I don't know if you said it in the Star Wars discussion but it's certainly a point that you've made like after seeing the film which mm. is when he goes from being Kylo Ren back to being Ben Solo, you can see the difference. He feels yeah. like a different guy. It's a palpable change. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's wearing a um, coloured t-shirt. He's not in black. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, he's gone through the emo phase. His yeah, brow he's, is blonde, yeah. like frosted <laughs> tips. It's weird. His brow isn't furrowed. He's got like an energy that's a bit more like kind of exasperated, and yeah. it's little things, but it does really feel. Yeah, like, I think he like um, blocks the thing that sort of like solidified it for me. Is he kind of blocks uh, an attack from one of the Knights of Ren, and he kind of goes. Like he's sort of like, right, oh, okay. I'm, I'm relieved I did that. He seems a bit more like panicked. Chill yeah. out, yeah. yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, That's maybe true. not panicked, but maybe just kind of like you know, human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was a moment of peril there. I shall acknowledge. That. I shall acknowledge that moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess being part of being evil is being kind of indifferent and being badass. I suppose. So Which like, I, if you get attacked, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Kylo Ren never really was that, was he? he always... Oh God! Just sorry. Very quickly, we're recording this not long after Jordan and I have woken up. And just say, for whatever reason, you saying that, as <laughs> I just brought back a dream I, I had okay. last night, which I usually like talking about dreams, isn't it? Yeah. But I was... Were you Kylo part, Ren? No, I wasn't Kylo Ren. I was part of a Under Siege 2-esque band of terrorists <laughs> taking over a bus. <laughs> I was like a terrorist on a bus. Like, it was me and another guy, and we were like, oh, it's going to happen now, ready? The plan's coming into action. And then we, like, took over, we <laughs> hijacked the bus. the bus. Yeah. I can't wait for that headline. <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd throw that out there because you reminded me of it. Okay. Um, yeah, but Adam Driver. <laughs> yes, that is great. He, yeah, he's great. And yeah, he sort of can do. But I like that uh, uh, that Joaquin Phoenix quality almost. They're like, they're secretive about their private life. Mm-hmm. They they look a bit odd. Yeah. That lends them to like a bunch of roles. Yeah. And I, I feel like Adam Driver and his wife had a, a child. They kept the secret for like a long time. Oh, okay. I like I think, that. You yeah, know? Didn't he know he was married? Yeah, yeah he's, been, he's been married since 2013. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yes, he does have a child. Okay. Congratulations, Adam Driver. <laughs> well done, Adam Driver. Um, they, yeah, you are actually, sorry, I'm just, I'm reading the yeah. article. Uh, they, had a, they have a son and they kept his birth hidden from the press for two years. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Classy guy. We don't yeah. even know the kid's name. Train. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That would, for, that would ruin it. Complete the joke. <laughs> um, okay. Is that it for Marriage Story? Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yeah. Driver. Yeah, okay. it's, yeah, it's a recommendation from all of us. It is, yeah. 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 Okay, right. We've sort of been umming and aahing about talking about Parasite yeah. for, for a long time. Because we loved it so much. Like, we're obviously going to talk about it. Yeah. When we were doing our top tens, it hadn't been released in the UK yet. Uh, we get screeners. Um, <laughs> it hadn't been released in the UK yet. And we were just mindful that we didn't want to give anything away. Because a big part of that film is, you know, it's plot reveals so we didn't want to say anything and then now that it's been released in the uk and this will be released presumably a week after its release we're like oh this would be the time to talk about it yeah but when we sat down go right what do we want to say about parasite yeah i realized we've sort of covered it in a way like delving into the plot machinations of the second and third acts it would be nothing other than just saying that this stuff happens yes yeah it's good isn't it it's really good (laughs) and it's great but i sort of have nothing to like the, the direction, the editing, the performances, everything mm. 
is flawless. Yes. Yes. I, what else can I say, really? Yeah. You know? There's been, obviously, it's about class, mm. you know, in, in South Korea and that sort of... A lot of people have talked about that. The fact of the matter is, we don't know we much about that sort of stuff. We're no. not educated on the class system in, oh, God, no. in no. Korea. The film, clearly, it has this visual architecture of up indicating the upper class and down indicating the lower yeah. class. And the film does that a lot of characters walking up to kind of wealth and walking down to poverty. It's all been said. It's been done elsewhere. It's been written about a lot more with a yeah. lot more erudition. We'll see. <laughs> what can we yeah. add to the conversation? Well, it's just won the Oscar. So anyone who pays attention to film is going to now have heard of this film. Oh, it's going to be before. on a lot of people's yeah. radar now. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't already, definitely. Which, Which, is, which absolutely it, should yeah, be. Yeah. It's a good thing. But yeah, I don't know. You know, the best thing Bong Joon Home will and- probably will ever do. Yeah, it's um, going to be hard to top that. But like, it's. The pressure on him going into his next feature, oh God, or whatever yeah. that is. Can you imagine? <laughs> just like, oh God, I kind of wish I hadn't won all these awards. All the phone calls he's probably getting. He's probably still drunk as well. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Who knows what he's going to agree yeah. to? You know? you know, one of the first convers- uh, phone calls he got was Kevin Feige. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you direct an Asian-led? Because it has to be. Really you can't. You can't direct a film if it's not Asian. No. Yes. For some stupid reason. Yeah, but he's directed Chris Evans before. He's already got that connection. Yeah, that's true. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Oh, it all goes back to Marvel. Phil <laughs> <laughs> was just he just a black hole of Marvel. He just suddenly in. gets announced as like the main director for the next phase. We're like, <laughs> oh, no. They don't have any. They've, they've only got one Asian, right? And he's already got a film. Yeah. Out. Whatever it's called. Chang Chi. Not Chang Li. That's Street Fighter. <laughs> Shang Li or Shang, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Shang Chi, I think. Who's the director of that? Is uh, it? Isn't it Daniel Destin Cretton? Am I making that up? <laughs> yeah, Cretton. Destin Cretton. Uh, it's your destiny, Cretton. Cinematic universe. Uh, we're back to this. <laughs> it just it happens. Somehow. Is there anything? Um, Shang Chi and the Legends of the Ten. Destin Daniel, Daniel Cretton. Cretton. Okay. okay, there we go. I don't think he's properly properly Asian. Oh, shame on you, Feige. Shame on you. <laughs> shame on your family. <laughs> um, uh, no, he was born in Hawaii. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, so he's faux Asian. <laughs> he's Asian. Yeah, no, I don't have anything else to add. The only thing that we could do is yeah. sort of, yeah, go into specific, specific plot beats mm. and sort of say why it's good that that happens. Yeah. Which seems kind of reductive, almost. At the yeah, end. just pointless. Yeah, I think it's just safe to assume that none of us have... Literally have no criticism, right? <coughs> no, not no. really. There was only a guy. I alluded to something in uh, our discussion, mm. which was that I had a question, and that was like the only thing that would require spoilers. Yeah. But since then, it's been answered for me. Okay. You know. Yeah. And all it was really was just about why the father does what he does towards the end of the film. Yeah. And it doesn't. The film doesn't tell you, but it's clear in the film why it goes. In it's been planting yeah. little seeds. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's sort of. It. We're very happy that it, that. Yes. What ha- what's happened yes. has happened. That's kind of it, really. Yeah, isn't absolutely. it? Parasite. Yeah. Okay. Knives out. Yes. More, more like knives out standing. Because <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the only. Yeah, I should point that, that, was that was you slapping yourself. That wasn't you slapping me. <laughs> for, that was for, me for what? Slapping my massive head. <laughs> I know. The slap head I am. I know it's funnier to think that that was just slapping me across the face, but unfortunately not. I don't think you would have created such like a resonant. I suppose if it was your head. Yeah. Oh my life. Be cushioned by your hair. Okay. Okay. Yes. Knives out then. Um, That's all right. (laughs) Ryan or Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. It's just uh, like West Coast preppy spelling of Ryan. What a cunt. 
I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was. I'm. I'm more than lukewarm about this film. I think it's great. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. yeah. It, 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 I, Searing coffee, burn it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> given that the only other thing I've seen by Ryan Johnson is The Last Jedi, mm. this is okay. In miles above in my. Have opinion. you not seen Looper? No, I haven't. Seen Have you not Looper. seen Breaking Bad? Have you not seen Breck? Breaking Bad. Yeah, he did a. We did Fly. You, you, he did. You can't count that though. Really. No, but he, he directed three, right? He directed Fly, yeah. Ozymandias, and Fifty One. Fifty One. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, so directed, yeah, okay, I've seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, George. He directed the best and what people broadly consider to be the worst episode of the show. They're wrong about Fly. They are, they are. Which is one of the best episodes. It is, but, but I would just, I don't think you can necessarily, I'm not going to try and diminish what he did. No. But I don't think you can call okay. those Ryan Johnson joints. Well, no. It, it's, it's, t- it's TV. It's like, that's the writer. The writer is king. The director is the... No, I know, but they're, they're valid credits. In terms of film... Yes. yes. This is the only other thing I've okay. seen other okay. than The Last Jedi. Okay. And I'm not a fan of The Last Jedi. Have no. you not seen The Brothers Bloom? <laughs> That's right. Okay, so no, no one's seen I The said, Brothers Bloom. I told George to shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. And he just told me to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. No, I would say it's much better in terms of... <laughs> would you? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Uh, much better in terms of film also grass is green <laughs> and the sky is blue <laughs> <laughs> not on anonymous star wars planet i don't know no i think it's pretty the, the grass is blue on <laughs> oh i see okay you're making a star wars i'm making a star wars you're making a star wars uh, uh, yes say, this though. is a vastly <laughs> superior film to yeah. star wars last i jedi. think this is um certainly the film that he needed to make after the last jedi because it's kind of the film that's sort of like you know, oh no, Ryan Johnson is, he does sort of know what he's doing. Yes, it's kind of proof to me that, obviously he got a lot of flack for The Last Jedi. Yes, well many people blame him almost entirely for the negative parts of yeah. that film. But it's proof to me that, that you know, the, the general film-going public slash fanboys don't really pay attention to what a director actually is outside of that franchise. Okay. Considering, with the exception of The Brothers Bloom, which is eh, I say, yeah, I haven't seen it, but no yeah. one, no one else has. Is the point? Every other film he's made has been good. Okay. okay. Many uh, people bring up the um, how like convoluted and sort of like mm. nonsensical Looper is, and they, I, I feel right. like that's sort of they use that to sort of say, oh, Looper isn't actually well that good. I mean, it's a time travel movie, and there's you know, it's going to require a certain level of convolution. Yeah. Who's in Looper? Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I have seen Looper, actually. Yeah, where he's the younger version of yeah, Bruce yeah, Willis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really stylish... Don't like <laughs> you don't like it? Okay. No, okay. I, no, but I don't like... It's time time travel and time travel is iffy. Same. It's like, I don't love it, but it's, you know, it's yeah. good. I can't, I, I can't say it's not I mean, good. It, okay. it has what has become kind of the time travel line in it, doesn't it? It's when Bruce Willis Just, is talking to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Don't think about it. Don't yeah, worry exactly, about it. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of become the... Yeah. I would say Austin Powers predates that in terms of it does but I feel like if you were to if there was a uh, if you were to replace words in the dictionary with like movie clips right maybe this isn't the best analogy but basically I know like, what you're if, if, you, if like, you were going to look at like the definition of you know the like don't I think about that. I wouldn't rule that out by the way oh yeah the dictionary becoming just a little visual yeah that's yeah, yeah that's scary that's a genuine possibility <laughs> but yeah how, it's do, like, how it, do you visually depict abstract concepts what's hope look like I don't know if any of us ever seen it. I don't know. It depletes over time, I'll tell you that. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you've just maybe given me the image of the dictionary being a children's book with just pictures. <laughs> they, they do exist, don't they? 
Is that, is that legitimately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I've, I've only ever had a proper, <laughs> a proper dictionary. dictionary. Okay, <laughs> a man's dictionary. Dictionary. Yeah. Um, I, I was just fumbling over my words. No, Basically, I know you're saying that, that. That scene has become like you know the clip you play when you say. Um, I would disagree. Oh, forget about time travel. Don't I would disagree. Why would you even disagree? Um, because I think that's maybe like an insular assumption. I think, as far as we are concerned, yeah, that might be the case. But I think, broadly speaking, the Austin Powers bit still holds up as... Um... Well, the Austin Powers bit is broader, isn't it? It's more just... Yeah. You use that just for a plot device, True. for a thing that the film okay. like, don't okay. think about it. Okay, fair. Okay. Whereas right. Looper is it's exclusive to time travel. Okay. Yeah. But it's the same sentiment, which is, don't waste your time thinking about yes. the mechanics of yeah, time exactly. travel. Just yeah. enjoy the ride. It's one of those films that when you first saw it, it was really good. Yeah. And then just kind of faded and fizzled over time. Yeah. Brick is really good. Okay. It's, you know, it's like a um, a high school neo-noir I still haven't seen Brick. Okay. Uh, but, like, really cleverly written. Okay. It's more okay. in the vein of Knives Out in the sense of, like, an old-fashioned style, but mm-hmm. but being done kind of post-modern-y. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, he's obviously a big fan of, like, detective fiction. Brick is more Raymond Chandler. Knives Out is more Agatha Christie. Okay. Yep. Uh, but, yes, the point being that he's a, de- he's a really decent filmmaker and a really good writer outside of being affiliated with uh, the Disney tit. Yes. So Knives Out. Yes. I will just do the boring usual thing of saying spoiler for anything we discuss if we haven't yeah, seen it. Spoilers it is for well, I feel it's discussed. completely fair to put that in front of Knives Out as well. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, it, 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 at the very beginning, at least, it seems to be your run-of-the-mill whodunit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, those films are all about like the identity of the killer. Well, one of the things I like about Knives Out mm. is that it kind of is a run-of-the-mill whodunit. In a way... It breaks the mould in certain ways, yeah. but it's not... It is what it's kind of sending up as well. It's not derisively sniggering at, like, oh, isn't this the fusty, antiquated tradition? Yeah, it's not mm. a spar- uh, parody. It's not a parody or a spoof. No, is it, it is postmodern, yeah. but not in a snarky, eh, sort of way. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of... It clearly loves what it's imitating. Mm. Mm. And just is one of those films with a few modern touches. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing, obviously, like with Knives Out, the person who I thought it was going to be the killer, right, is the killer. Very quickly, yes. are we going to, how like into it are we going I, to? I would go? say don't say who the killer is. Okay. I don't think I have any reason to say who the killer is. Okay. Um, um, other than, yeah, it's kind of who you expect. Yeah, yeah. It's who I expect, which I like because as I was, we were going along the film and it's following. The particular mm. story that it's following. It was getting to the point where I was going, there's got to be a twist in here somewhere, there's got to be. And it just <laughs> yeah. didn't get... get it, it got there, mm. but it just didn't get there when I thought it was it going to. It was kind to. of a twist, because the film clearly knows that you know who the killer is, and it ends up playing with that in a way, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, the, the thing that I... Another thing I really enjoyed about it is that it's... I thought I would be in it for the thrills of the whodunit aspect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Trying to work it out Cluedo style. Yeah. But it's not really... You start to enjoy the dialogue... And the humour. Yep. Yes. And then just even though, yeah, arguably the most obvious candidate is accurate. Yep. Yeah. Even when the main character, arguably the main character, yes. is picking apart how it happened, you still kind of marvel at, oh, this is still incredibly clever. I, I sort of don't care that it's the obvious person because yeah. there have been yeah. so many twists and turns along the way. I, w- I will say, um, obviously, I, d- I don't want to discuss like Marvel in any way. But just to pick on, <laughs> but to pick on Chris Evans just for a second. Okay, is this his first post Marvel film? Uh, I, I feel yeah. like he did a Netflix, like Netflix film. Okay, maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but to just because it's the I mean you see it from the, the trailer right but him just saying fuck you is quite fun <laughs> just, just, just like fuck you yeah it feels like fuck you in, in a way it feels like he has room to breathe again doesn't it it's like oh we have we've got an actor back well, he's, kind of, he's kind of playing with the all American image of himself isn't he well yeah well I mean in, in Captain America he literally is the guy that says lang or in the Avengers he's like language and then in this oh, film, yeah, he's, he's the guy that's saying fuck you and I was like good yeah yeah he's good. he's having fun you know he's having loose a bit because mm. I, I, without sounding harsh the last time I feel like he seemed like this free and fun in a film was Scott Pilgrim yes yeah yeah I would agree with you, you. know so it, it's nice to see him do a role which is just a bit more fun well I think he's always been like a he's you know he's a decent actor because yeah. obviously he's a snow piercer as well yeah piercer <laughs> um, yeah but it is kind of nice to see him play a prick yeah you know <laughs> he plays a prick well he does play a prick <laughs> well does. well it's because um, he's got that look isn't he you can either go like fresh college boy like you know plays football in in high school that guy yeah jock or um entitled yes. wealthy you know yeah exactly prig. but it's not just him it's a fantastic cast and it they're all turning in great performances yeah i think even the ones that are sort of like off to the side you know mm. yeah who are the standouts for you well you can't not discuss uh daniel craig can you i, yeah. I mean I, I i like the accent's a little bit questionable it is just it, because I don't think he. Lo- but my problem is, I suppose, because he's Bond. In my head, he's quintessential British. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so you think him doing that, the accent? Do we know uh, the genesis of that accent? Do we know why he did it? I don't know why that particular accent, but okay. I'm guessing it's just with the dialogue he had. It's kind of like um, it was Texan, isn't it? I don't know if it's Texan as much as it is like uh, like Alabama, Mississippi. Because mm. it's not quite like a Texan drawl. It's more clipped. It's like T-Bag from Prison Break. A little bit. It's it's that, isn't it? It's more kind of... It's not Texan. It's not a draw like No, that. it's kind of Scott, Fitz, Scott Fitzgerald, isn't it? Yes. Yes, Paris. my boy. Yes, yeah, that, sort of, that sort, that of, sort thing. of thing. Gentlemanly. Yeah. Southern. Gen- gentleman, <laughs> yeah, Southern gentleman. <laughs> loving it. Loving it. <laughs> southern, southern gentleman. Uh, yeah, it's that sort of thing. Because I do wonder I, if... Because, yes, he's James Bond. Everyone looks at him and it's like, that's James mm. Bond. So do you think the... No? No. Well, not to you, maybe, but I think everyone. <laughs> okay, you, you freak who's seen literally no. everything ever. <laughs> but well, that's you... the thing. I was sort of familiar with him before he was James Bond. Okay, is the thing. Yeah. So, what was he in before James Bond? Layer Cake was his highest profile thing, but he, oh, okay. he was the villain in Road to Perdition. He was like a jobbing British. I was just kidding, I'm not going to lie. I used to own Road to Perdition, and I never watched it in the entire time. I had. It's brilliant. It's really good. Yeah, uh, but Sam Mendes Layer Cake, I've seen. in Vogue. Uh, yes. So do you think the accent was to differ- so it, to sort of differentiate him from Bond? I, th- I think it, it, it's clearly a fun role, and I think there's this th- idea that Americans love to play cowboys because you know, they get to do that drawl, yeah. and it's an American archetype, yeah. and English actors love to do Cockney gangsters. Yes. Because they're very showy roles. And I think he just thought, if I'm going to work with this colourful dialogue, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm going to really hem it up with a kind of, you know... Okay. Because you could deliver that dialogue with British accent, right? You could, but that also sort of removes the idea that it's an American who done it. Okay, that's fair enough. Because obviously, it's sort of ma- its style is quite English country manner yeah. sort of thing, and those stories tend to be rich, middle, upper class oh, yeah. dames and duchesses and that yeah. sort of thing. And the fact that it's a wealthy American family—it's a distinctly American murder mystery. Yeah, I think if it'd been a Brit. As the Agatha Christie Miss Marple character, yes, it would have undermined that a little bit. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, no, I do. 
Go very on. quickly, sorry. I think the southernness, thinking about it now, might be to differentiate him from the RP American of the family, if you like. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're all just they're they're rich white Americans. Yeah, they're all oh, okay. they're all yeah. quite similar. They're all yeah, they're all okay. just kind of so warm, he stands yeah. out from them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and also the main character obviously is also not. Yes, I I like that yeah. detail. Cuban American. Well, right? that's the thing. Everyone says something different. They all say yes. that she's from different I, I think, places. I think Anna de Anna, however you pronounce Anna it. Anna I think she's Cuban American. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. Better than what I hear is Anatomist. Yes. Uh, she's you, you Cuban Spanish. Cuban Spanish, okay. okay. She, you've got to do it with that. Is she Cuban Spanish or Cuban American? No, she Cuban is Spanish. Cuban Spanish. Okay. If, if you say a name like that, you've got to do it with the um, Ana de Aramas. You know? Yes. Ana de Aramas. Yeah, That's my Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's brilliant in it. Yeah, mm. really, really good. Yeah. Um, I. Well, Blade Runner is the only other thing I'd seen her in. Yeah. She's done more than that. Same. She has done more than that, but it's the only thing I've seen her in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's nice to see her in this after Blade Runner, where she's sort of again, she's sort of able to. She's in more War basically. Dogs, which I've also seen. Oh, okay. She's also in No Time to Die. She is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm assuming that's where they met. Uh, I guess. I, well, I guess so. Um, and she's also sorry. There's a film coming out called Blonde. She's um, played Marilyn Monroe. She's played Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Interesting choice. Mm. <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes. Um. But yeah, other than other than that, uh, Michael Shannon. Yeah, I, I like him. I like him. I mean, basically, in that, in, when you get down to that lot, they're sort of secondary cast, aren't they? Yeah, and they're all yeah. just because they're all just good actors. So it's all just like they're all very reliable they, performances. Yeah, they're all kind of on the same level. If I had to pick a standout, I would pick Tony Collette out of that bunch. Yes, yeah, that's fair. She does that kind of really annoying. <laughs> like, it's like like really is it LA, LA California. That yeah, kind of thing? yeah. yeah. Like Valley Girl. Yeah, Valley Girl, yeah. yeah. Has her own, like, little company. Yeah, like, a oh fucking lifestyle guru. Yeah, yeah. Life, yeah. she's Gwen Paltrow. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas everyone else, I mean, Michael Shannon has a limp. Other than that, he's basically Michael Shannon. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say, because Michael, no, I wouldn't, because Michael, if we're going to say he's Michael Shannon in this, I take that to mean he's a grunting, menacing oak tree. Okay. <laughs> he has, he has a moment. He does, but for the most part, he's just like mm. another rich son, isn't he? Okay. He's not like a um, like in uh, Nocturnal Animals where he just grunts his way through the film. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not like or that. Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. Or no, you, you can understand him in this. Yeah, yeah, sure. that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don Johnson. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah, yeah. they're uh, all good. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis. Yeah, Christopher Plummer. Let's just keep <laughs> listing the cast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was sorry. Just I didn't realize Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in this. He is. He's a he's a voice cameo apparently. Okay. Is he as, as de- Detective Hard Rock? Well, he's been in every one of Ryan Johnson's films. What? I don't know. I don't know. It just it's on the cast. I think oh, okay. he has a cameo on Last Jedi as well as a stormtrooper. No, that was Tom Hardy. They I think they both out. do. He's oh, in. Okay. He's in. He is in one of them. Yeah, I think he's in every Ryan Johnson film. Okay, so that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. The script is. Yes, well, those are the two um, stand out. It's the performances and it's the script. Yes, yes. yes. Well deserving nomination at the Oscar. Glad as well. You know, yeah. it deserved more. It just should have been up for best picture, yeah. but um. Nice so, sorry, I forgot it was. It was not the best picture. Yeah, because it, it was suspected it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Is um, original the only thing it's up for? Original sc- uh, screenplay. Yeah, yep. that's slightly disappointing. Yeah, throw, throw it was up for a few globes. Throw a nom towards um, Daniel think, Craig and Anna de Armas. Yeah, I agree. Certainly, Anna de Armas. <laughs> <laughs> Anna de Armas. <laughs> Anna de Armas. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, she's, 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 only she's Cuban Spanish as well. They like that, don't they? She's cute in Spanish. Cuban oh. Spanish. No, she is cute in Spanish. She is also cute in Spanish, though. I will run with yeah, that. No, no, yeah, I'm not, yeah, wrong, I'm not wrong about that. It's sometimes difficult as a straight white man to... Um, <laughs> oh, God. To, <laughs> Where are you going with this? To watch a performance by an attractive young woman and care, you know? <laughs> just, not, not, just in the sense of, like, thinking, <laughs> thinking past... I'd fuck her. <laughs> and, and, and actually, actually being able to appreciate the performance. Do you okay. know what I mean? Usually, just attractive young women. It's like I don't really care about the acting. You look gay tits out loud. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, so but no, so, she was good. Uh, no, no, that's what I was going to say. Does this mean that like her performance was so good you were able to look past your she her performance your natural her, like, her performance was so good that I you looked uh, past your natural perversion. I, I yeah. deobjectified her. Wow. She became a human again in my eyes. <laughs> it's 2020, Sam. I know. I'm, I'm impressed. Not only is she an attractive young woman, she's she's a foreigner. So that's double the work to make her seem like a human to me. Yeah. So fair play to her. There you go. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Maybe the reason these women, so many women are being um, objectified is they're not good enough actresses. That's it. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. If you just be yeah, better at acting, yeah, then we'll look Not again, cast her tits and teeth. Yeah. Then yeah. Imagine if Hollywood didn't cast her tits and teeth. And they say we're not woke. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Scarlett Johansson is a perfect example. She's up for Marriage Story, I believe, at yeah. the Oscars. Very well-deserving nomination. Mm -hmm. Very, very good performance. But she's got short hair, so it's easier to acknowledge the performance. That is true. She's up for Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit. Are you telling me yeah. that part of that is not down to the way she looks? What do you mean? Well, we all know what Scarlett Johansson looks like. Yes, the performances are very good, but also yeah. she has a set of tits. She does, but like to be but, fair, but then again, she, also, she really... wasn't up for fucking what's it called, Tokyo Ghoul or whatever it was. Not Tokyo Ghoul, Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> Ghost in the Shell. No, I was actually she wasn't up for Under the Skin. Or under the skin. she's not. She no. In to which be she's fair, she, the two. The two <laughs> she uh, get yeah, she does get naked. Okay. Yeah. Right. The two films and for which she's her, been. Apparently. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. The two films. I can. I can. You spend enough time studying that material. Exactly. Good film. Good film. Good film. <laughs> deep, deep, it's deep. It's got that. <laughs> I really should not have um, taken a sip of tea when you yeah. said that. No, but to be fair, the two performances for which she's been nominated don't really uh, advertise her sex appeal much. No, they don't. So, no. you know. Yeah. Uh, that was all ironic. Ha ha ha. Being funny. Uh, um, no, we're being sexist. It's fine. <laughs> being, being sexist, but you know, it's okay because we don't mean it. Uh, <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> so post is it postmodern? Is, is, is yeah, postmodern sexism? That's right. Yeah, no, it's postmodernism. Is, ne is have, have say never having to say you're sorry. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Yeah. Well, I'm fucked, and I say sorry like so, twenty thousand know, times a day. If you're offended by what we're saying, fuck Deadpool. It, like we're just doing the Deadpool thing of like, oh, uh, you know. Yeah, it's fine. Sam said we're woke. We're good. Yeah, we're woke. Hashtag woke. Uh, was that everything we wanted to say about this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, we already I'll, talked about no, it. We but have, again, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to delve into spoilers. Give too much away. But, yeah, that's the thing with Knives Out. It's a brilliant film. It's a brilliant script. Yeah, yeah. the performances. Are what is so great about the script? May I ask? Well, okay. So obviously, murder mysteries and whodunits rely on very tight plotting. Yep, mm -hmm. it has that. Revelations are dropped, and they need to be. You know, yeah, it expands it all that business. You know, when everything does come together at the end, it does feel very rewarding and ah, you kind of feel sated. Yes. Mm. The dialogue is really fun and really yes. crisp. But there's a, but there is a, there is a particular theme that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. My 
presence is merely yeah. ornamental. Yeah, that's the hi- <laughs> the highlight line for me in terms of okay, that is what I would use to sell the dialogue. You know. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I just I like his line where he said it's I suspect foul play. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, but um, like that. Yeah, my person. It's, it's that like on that, there's been a murder and someone's <laughs> responsible. <laughs> it's that level of dialogue um, that is. But I, I, there's a scene that comes to mind which gives away who the killer is, mm. but you don't realise it's given it away yeah. until yeah. towards towards the end. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. Yeah, nice little touches like that. You know, yeah, it, because there are little moments which do, as I say, you you know who it's going to be. What I like is that there are little touches which obviously nod towards that person, mm-hmm. but then. Because the story is focusing on someone else, and it, it, it's those little details that they've thrown in, which I, I like. And the film kind of flirts with meta-ness in a really satisfying way. I am not big on meta, like at no, all. No, no. I don't like it. It it just all it well, not always. It very usually feels clever, clever. Like because in this, not only is it a modern murder mystery. It's already like you know brimming with postmodernism. Hmm. Not only is it in America, yeah. So there's like a, a, a modern, you know, contemporary America, yeah. But the the guy who is killed writes books about, yeah. You know, he writes murder mysteries, yes. yeah. And so there's so there's so much that could have gone kind of wrong. And I kind of because there are things in the house, like in the garden, they have animals that are from like sculpted animals that are, yeah, from, that are from books, books that, that he's wrote. written yeah. and like secret windows from books that and he's written I think it's one probably one of the more iconic pieces of iconography from the film but mm. is that like throne almost with like the knives all, the all knives. around it yeah. yeah which is kind of this is kind of a, well it's not really a spoiler but that sort of is a visual representation of what the film is doing to yes. the form yes because mm-hmm. obviously you see this throne of knives and at the very end when the killer tries to murder someone else with the knife it turns out they're just plastic. Yeah. And that in a nutshell is kind of what the film is And that's set up by a line earlier, just like a throwaway line, yeah. you know, but that mm. ends up coming back into yeah. play. Yeah, What I like as well, I've seen it twice now. Um, yeah, same. And yes. it holds up on rewatches. It does. Which is nice. It's not a yeah. one and done. It's not like, well, I know the twists now, I don't need to... No, it does, like, hold up. I think that's because of how fun it is. Yes. And you notice more as well, which is yeah. always a sign of great uh, filmmaking mm-hmm. is, yeah. and writing is when you know, like the fact that each character says that Anna Armas is from a different country. Yes. And there's Brazilian like a, and, yeah, yeah, that's something yeah, you notice yeah. on the rewatch. Also, you kind of notice, oh, I don't know, actually, that might be a spoiler. Let's not talk okay. about that. There's one line, again, because like I said, it's, it's dealing in contemporary American stuff. So they, they talk about um, immigration, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. The 13-year-old is kind of like an alt-right troll. Yes. <laughs> and there's one line that, that, that comes to mind that also is like, oh, I, this is why I love this film. <laughs> is when he, if somebody screams at her as she's being chased out of the house you had you had sex with my grandpa you dirty anchor baby that, <laughs> that always like again not endorsing what he said but um, yeah I like that kind of colourful dialogue was well, I said that there is a line in the script where it's like they introduce him as like I asked my son he's 16 he's literally a Nazi <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, nice as well that they have him and then they have like an SJW girl to kind of yes. balance it out so it doesn't mm. feel like the film's like attacking anyone's side. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. Other than that, I don't really want to say too much without mm-hmm. giving stuff away. Yeah, we away. can't just do another Parasite where we're like just vague about it for 50 minutes. No, you know? no. No. Yeah, we talked about Parasite for quite a while and we yeah. discussed nothing. Yes, exactly. But yeah, I highly recommend Knives Out. It's yeah. very good. I will say, the only thing I'll say is like on the rewatch, um, the moment where the film 
turns, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. the moment where it starts to play with the fact that you know who the killer is. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. On the rewatch, you're kind of waiting for that. Because to me, that feels, like the, when, that feels like the moment when the film properly starts to get going. Right. It's fine, cause like, but it does, for like for the, fir- for the oh, first see, like, 30 I... minutes, it does sort of treat itself as like, oh no, this is very traditional run-of-the-mill. We're introducing okay. all of the characters and, you know. See, I have the opposite opinion. Okay. I love it all, but the setup is my favourite part of the film. Well, of course it would be. That is literally just people in, ro- in a room talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very you. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm, not, I'm not saying I disagree. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching it and re-watching it as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's just where it's more, you know... The, more of that sort of fun back and forth bantery sort of dialogue that is that it's always there but is then replaced more by plot I prefer the yes you know but when it starts to when the turn happens yes uh, that's when the film starts to become more playful mm-hmm. um, so yeah but no it's a great film overall yeah it's my uh, second favourite film of the year of 2019 I should say not of 2020 uh, Ditto yes it's also my second favourite film I don't know what else. And if that is a shining endorsement, I don't, <laughs> I, know, I don't know what else came out last year. Someone say a film. Jojo Rabbit, more like Jojo K. Rabbit. You're really trying with these. <laughs> well, I've, I've set a precedent now, haven't I? Um, I've got to keep going with it. Okay, so I thought I was really going to d- dislike Jojo Rabbit. I'm not a particular fan of Taika Waititi. Okay. Yeah. No, um, am I so, the only? I, I'm not a major supporter. I'm a mild supporter. But I'm, am I the only pro Taika Waititi pe- person here? Uh, no, that's sort of the problem. Okay. I don't dislike him. Right. But there's something about him that I don't like. <laughs> him or his filmmaking? Both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm in the same boat, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's this weird kind of elusive. Yeah, I, I can't I, put my finger on it. No, I, I couldn't tell you what it is. I don't particularly like. Mm. But Jojo Rabbit certainly didn't make me favour him. Like, I just, I didn't particularly like him as Hitler without... (laughs) (laughs) He's just a bit annoying. You didn't like him in the way the film... No. Not in the way the film wanted you to dislike him. No, I just just found him a bit annoying. I get that he's supposed to be. I don't believe... Okay, obviously you're not meant to like Hitler, but I think you are kind of meant to like, or at least find funny. Well, that's the thing. It's it's that child's interpretation of Hitler. Yeah. Yes, isn't it? And obviously, he fav- like this child has been indoctrinated, indoctrinated by Hitler. He mm. favors, he sees Hitler favorably. Um, okay, so he's supposed to be kind of like fun and you know. Yes, maybe. Okay, let me let me try and put my finger on the Taika Waititi. <laughs> <laughs> you want uh, to put your finger on, on Taika Waititi, all right? On on Taika's Waititi. Um, on the white the Waititi problem. I don't want to say, it's the Jewish problem. Talking about Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> okay, here's my final solution to the Watiti problem. Oh, no. No, it's all going wrong. That's how what, you do it, yeah. I, I think what it is, is that he's a Nazi piece of work. No. <laughs> um, is that all of his films, well, a lot of his films, I can't even say it. Right. Hunt for the Wilder People and Jojo Rabbit has a streak of sentimentality going through it. Mm-hmm. That it's almost cocky. And I don't know if I can put my finger on that exactly. I'm not okay. putting my finger on the cock. But it's sort of like like he's really trying to make films that on the, in the trailer will get quotes like uplifting, mm. inspiration. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it feels like he's going in with that. It's a weird gripe to have. But it's like he's going in with that intention rather than letting the film become that. Other than that, his, his sense of humour and his comedy hits a certain level for me that it never gets past okay yeah yeah 
it, they're always like, as Woody Allen has said, amusing. It's amusing. Yeah. Okay. At best. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm slightly biased because the best part of any Taika Waititi film is always the editing. I don't know if Tom Eagles okay. is, is his go-to editor because Tom Eagles did Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's up for Oscar as well. Um, but yeah, they're always the best part about it. They are. And, and he's got just enough have his own quirks to sort of be considered that's it as well see. he does that Quirk. like that sort of 360 rotating shot where they kind mm. of compress time so there's like three or four different versions of the character doing an activity as the camera's rotating yeah you use that in Wilder People you use that in Jojo Rabbit I think did he write the script I don't yeah. know he, oh, he wrote, did yeah. he wrote the script okay. oh, he's, he's a proper you know he writes directs yeah yeah, yeah 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 I know he usually does I was, yeah. just, was trying to remember for this I'm not sure if he did it alone but he did definitely okay. write it um, because I do have some issues with the script very quickly, because it just ties into my problem with him. Mm-hmm. That idea of like wanting the film to be considered lovely, coming coming of age, sweethearted and funny, you know that sort of yeah. thing. Casting himself as Hitler, I don't know if he's given any interviews about why he probably has, but why he did it himself. I'm sure part of he's logic. <laughs> I'm sure part of the logic would be oh, I don't want to ask an, another actor. To yeah, do that's what I took from it. Mm. But. Part of me also thinks of the ego of like, oh, I want to be the guy that plays the funny Hitler that gets the supporting actor <coughs> nomination at the Academy Awards. Okay. It seems that like it's the kind of role mm. that if done right, they'd go, oh, that's a support, that's clearly a supporting yes. actor. Yeah. The imaginary friend who gets to be colourful and, yeah. and I just resent, I just don't like that. No. It's, it feels like he's not humble. And also I've seen interviews with him. I'm not saying he comes across as an utter prick. He comes across as an But he's kind of like, just, oh, just stop trying so stop trying to be funny. I think I, uh, no, I think that's uh, the thing that I le- l- l- that I like least about him. He does feel hard. like he's trying too hard. Yeah. And I, I think I just resent his popularity. It's like it, it's it's kind of inexplicable to me. Okay, like, why? Is it? it is yeah because he made he made a kind of funny Marvel film. Yeah, and now he's like the the fair haired child. Yeah. I just don't get it. I mean, yeah. I, I do kind, I do like Which that, like that four film. I mean, it's okay, but only but by comparison, it, only by it's, surrounding. In the, it's yeah. in the pantheon of Marvel, yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. It stands it, out in, in that pantheon. Yeah. But when, when I say I like it, it, it's in comparison to the other Thor films, yeah. which had no competition. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and also, it sort of birthed the kind of renaissance of Chris Hemsworth in that universe. Oh, I don't, I don't know, but. I don't, he's he's I, I, he's I, I like, don't care anymore. He's certainly not like <laughs> the other one, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's not like, oh, it's Iron Man and it's Captain but, America and then it's Thor. Though like, obviously, it's better than that now. Ragnarok went a, was a big, um, you know, uh, went a big way in doing that. Uh, went to, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Even though it did a lot for his comedic kind of change. Mm. Yeah. I still kind of think Josh Whedon is the person responsible for that because he started doing that in the Avengers. Oh, I don't... Not I, to that extent. Um, no. But he definitely started playing up like how the Shakespeareanness of it was kind of ridiculous. And no, 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 I'm not saying that it's like we thank him for Thor in Endgame. Yeah. But that's where it had its roots. You couldn't get Thor Ragnarok without Joss Whedon's But Avengers. they kind of dropped the whole Shakespearean thing in Ragnarok. No, no, I'm not they? saying that. I'm just saying that <laughs> Apologies. him being kind of a ridiculous figure started in the Avengers because Thor just took it seriously. No, but Thor was, that's the thing, Thor was serious in the Avengers, but it's when you pair him up against the other Avengers. That's what makes it silly. Yeah, Thor, so, yeah, yeah, Thor yeah. himself is not being silly, whereas in Ragnarok, Thor is being silly. Right, but I, I feel like my okay. point still stands of him being like a comic character. Yeah, in that respect, just yeah. the fact that Thor is comic relief. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But he's not deliberate comic relief. It's 
Thor in the context of these other superheroes. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Whereas in Ragnarok, he is he generates the comedy. Yeah, yeah. You know, all I'm saying is that all that had its germ root in okay. the Avengers. No, no, that's yeah, fine. Right, okay. Yeah, but it's a yeah. different. Um, would you at least agree that he's a different character in Ragnarok than we'd seen prior? Different uh, in the sense that it, he feels like he's a different character. I suppose. Okay. Yeah, but I, I mean, I've only seen it the once and a long time ago. So let's yeah. not get boiled down in a Marvel tangent. Yes, very true. Yes. Um, yeah. No. But yeah, going back to Jojo Rabbit. Based off of the trailers, I generally didn't think I was going to like it. Mm. And then I kind of, I watched it and I was like, I can't decide. It's not bad. It's not great. Mm. I don't necessarily think it should be up for an Oscar, but I don't really know. Is there a specific moment or character or storyline or anything like tangible that you can point out and go, this is stopping me from disliking the film? From outright to start. I was think, I do think Scarlett Johansson's good in it. Yes, I would agree. Um, she's good in it. The scene in the, 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 the scene in my head of are we spoiling this by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah cool, go cool. for it. Right, so the scene where the kid finds her hanging. Yeah, that was. Right. I thought that was a good moment. I like that. I do like the chemistry and the relationship between the kid and the girl, mm. but, and I like the sweetness of him writing the letters. I do like that because mm. it's a sweet little thing of him pretending to write these little letters from her other half. Even though she knows her other half is that her like boyfriend from the year before is dead. Yeah, it gives it some. It gives it like a new uh, dimension, I guess. You know, dimension is a bit grand, but it, when you find out that the like partner's been dead yeah. all along, it adds a nice layer to yeah. it. Yeah, what is the thing? Because it's a sweet little kid. Yeah, realistically, okay, he's a Nazi, but he's a sweet little kid <laughs> <laughs> who can't do what he wants to do in terms of help the fight in the war. Yeah, and he should absolutely hate her, and he does to an extent, but he definitely doesn't because he. Completely and utterly fancied them. Mm -hmm. But it, that, it's that little sweetness thing of he does it, he's like, Yeah, I've got this letter. He's breaking up with you. She cries. Oh shit. So he like tries to mend it. He has, does this letter where it's like, Oh, yeah, me and your friend who have come up with the, this idea that we're going to get you to Paris safe and everything like that. And then she goes, Well, he's been dead for a year. And then he's like, yeah, I've got one more blasted. ladder. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, okay. This is not the plan. I'm dead <laughs> or whatever. It, you know. Yeah. And I, and I kind of like the touch that the final letter wasn't even written. He was mm. making it up on the spot. So yes. That's a nice way to end that like little story mm. arc, yeah. I guess. So, I, as I say, I like that. Okay. And as I say, I like the chemistry. I like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. I do not like Taika Waititi in it. How much is he actually in the film? So I, don't, I remember Enough to annoy think. me. Enough to annoy me. Yeah, but like, I remember yeah. thinking, oh, he's not in it. It's less than the trailer suggests, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Stephen Merchant, def I was disappointed as how, mm. yeah. how little Steve he Merton was Stephen Merton was criminally underused. Yeah. But the, the one thing that gets me, and it's, a line, it's, it's to do with the script, and this is where I do take issue because it feels smart arsey slash just arsey mm. with one of the, what, the final lines being, fuck you, Hitler, as he kicks him out a window. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that, the, with that, that, that's no. just manufactured to be like a crowd pleasing moment, isn't it? Where everyone cheers as he like comically punches him out. Of but the there's window. a lot of that in Jojo Rabbit. Shoots him out the window. Whatever things that are manufactured to be this kind of moment, like, oh, isn't the boy actually really sweet that he's doing this to the girl? I, I, we've talked about this before. I hate moments in films that feel designed to make me feel or think something. Mm. I know that seems counterintuitive because that, that's what a film that's is what trying films to do. Yeah, yeah. but it's when you see it. It, that's when I have a problem mm. with it. Yeah. And it just, the film is just really flaccid. That's the best word I can use for it. It's just a bit limp. It's it's not, yeah. it's not cutting. Yeah. It's not biting. None, none of his films, uh, none of his like traditionally shot films, I think have any teeth yeah. to them. Really. No, that's and I'm, say, problem, I'm saying I that as that. someone who likes Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. I think it's what very we do, milk toast. 
Yeah, but I think what we do in the shadows is definitely where he's at his strongest. I think that's his best film. But even then, it's kind of it's, no, it doesn't quite reach. Even that the TV point. show, though, I think the TV show is better because you get it in smaller doses. He well. also has nothing to do with it. There um, is that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, you know, it's it just kind of feels like it thinks it's better than it is. It didn't teach me anything new. Mm. It didn't give me a new perspective on anything. Yeah, that's the no. thing that kind of baffles me the most about it. Is what are you? supposed to take away from this film other than Nazi's bad that is what you're and you're supposed you're I, supposed to look at it and go oh in a way isn't the like current life sort of like that and we better we better kind of be precautious are you because, sure about that absolutely because yeah. I've heard him say that in an interview okay, he said yeah. we need to we need to not forget that this happened because I think we're in danger of forgetting right. but also the thing they've gone for is Nazi's bad let's make that funny That's yeah because won't that be edgy it's yeah. not. It's not. It's just the fact that, like, oh, Hitler is the imaginary friend, and it's it's framed as like this sort of family friendly comedy. I feel like the satire, or, or at least the film thinks that the satire is deeper than Nazis bad. You know? Mm. Oh yeah, but I it think, isn't. No, it's not. It's no. not. It's kind of it, it points out some of like in the, the ridiculous element, the more ridiculous elements of it. But again, it sort of exemplifies the fact of how soft the target is in a way. Look, it's not hard to sh- to show the Nazis being scumbags. It's kind of like the Tarantino thing. But the scene where they're all what Tarantino thing of, of like picking targets that are easy to oh yeah, of, okay. you know. mm. I, I know it's still you know tricky territory to lampoon uh, the National Socialists. <laughs> but like the scene where Stephen Merchant inspects the house and they're yeah. they're all doing the Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Hitler. Yeah. It's meant to oh, isn't it kind of ridiculous, silly how they all have to do that all the time? And, and the interview I saw, he was like. I just kind of took that to its logical conclusion. Like, oh, they'd have to do it to everyone. Did they have to? It was like, mate, th- it, this is what you're choosing to pick on. It, it's just like, what is this? It's just limp dick shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Mm. Like, I, <laughs> what I have mean, you taught me? Yeah. I was like, I, I liked her way of getting out of it by pretending to be the person. Right. I, I the, the way that she deals with it, because she's like, oh, yeah, here, these are my papers. She gets the shit wrong in Sam Roll Cop. Cockwell. <laughs> Sam Roll. Fuck me. <laughs> Sam Rowland? What were you going to say? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Sam Rockwell colours for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I did like, like, it wasn't just, oh, they don't find her. It was, oh no, I'm here. I'm going to pretend to be her. And they, they pull off to a varying level of success. I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. like, I, that, that, that wasn't bad. The thing is, like, I, like I said, I don't strongly dislike the film. It operates at the frequency that all of his films seem to which is eh it's alright yeah mm. and you said is there a reason I can point to and go that's why I like it less yeah it's not that it's more just like the film is competently made enough yes that I like it to a certain degree yeah, yeah. but it, it never kind of gets past that point I'm still waiting for Rebel Wilson to be in a good film yeah right Eddie is Rebel Wilson bad or is she just very bad at picking her projects no she's bad okay in my opinion I think she's bad because I think if she was good I think she would have found. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, she got she got in th- by being fat and, and a funny woman nominally. Yeah, yeah. she is fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's fine. She owns it. She, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But like, she's a rebel. Um, That's yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Maybe Christ. you rebel against the carbs, you fucking bloater. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from me. Um, yeah, right back at, back at you. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, I'll let that one. Yeah, I'll let it go. I mean, yeah. sort of in the, we're in the, still in that ballpark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Rebel Wilson, 
yeah, she's she's not funny. I yeah. don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it'd be nice to kind of see her do something where her being fat is not important. Mm. And that, that sounds like a dangerously progressive thing for me to say. <laughs> but you know, it's like everything mm. has to be kind of inversely about her being fat. It's like, mm. not yeah. haha, she's fat. It's, aha, she's fat. But look, she's kind of owning it and making fun of it and mm. doing other stuff. But it's not. It's her being fat is still always the thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in everything she's in. I, I, I don't want to go to go to a drama where it's about a woman like really, like sincerely struggling with her weight just do something where it's just not even yeah I mean an issue. this is obviously working under the assumption that she's choosing these projects but I think she certainly is to a degree well at this but, stage you'd think she could pick yeah she could pick what she wants yeah. to do but she, you know isn't Rebel Wilson tired of being Rebel Wilson in every film yeah you know surely it just reaches a point where you're where you're in enough films doing that shtick mm-hmm. just for variety I'll just I'll yeah. try something yeah. different you know yeah, yeah. I want to very briefly revisit the um, scene where you find out that Scarlett Johansson has been hung. Right, hanged. Yeah, yeah. Hanged. hanged. I did it. I did the thing. <laughs> um, because I said that I liked that, and Sam made a face. <laughs> I did. Why did no, you make you did a pick face? Up on that. Yeah. Uh, because it, it, uh, it sort of, I made the point about something else later, a, a, a scene that's manufactured to kind of go. In this, generally speaking, light-hearted, coming-of-age drama with a satirical intent, it was meant to be the moment in the film where you go, oh, but boy, this is like... Yes. But there are real stakes to this. And I, again, I know the film sort of had to do that, but at the same time, it's like it's like the boy in the striped pyjamas, you know, the ending of that where they're all led into the yeah. gas chamber. And it's just... I, I don't know. I, I just... I don't like seeing the strings in front of me when I'm okay. watching something. I mean, it's... it's um... all, all the rope. Or the rope, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's what... like, I mean, the, the thing that I like about it is the biggest sucker punch the film mm. has, and you could argue that it's maybe a bit too drastic a change. But you know, time. it's coming as well, though. You you know, for the kind of film it is, are they going to do something like that? Yeah, but there's no, yeah. there's no, they set up because it's all done visually as well, which I like. There's no dialogue in that yeah, scene. Yeah, like yeah. you know, instantly what has happened just from the image yes, that they yeah. show you, and the kid reacts to it silently in the sense that he doesn't say words or anything like mm-hmm. that. But you know. It, you isn't isn't it the point? Isn't that the point that it's supposed to be like an emotional suck? Like this kid has found his mother, yeah, yeah. hanging in the street, and th- you know think, that's so a feature of thing. Nazi Germany. My like of that scene, I like the I way like... it's executed mo- most above everything else. Yeah, Sam pointed out. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I yeah, I like the fact that it's you know there's like no dialogue yeah. to that to that scene. And it's not just... It doesn't show us a shot of her face. He figures it out from yeah, the shoes. Yeah, it's kind of respectfully done as well. Yeah. Like, it's not he graphic. Figu- you know, he yeah. figures it out from the shoes. Yeah. Which, again, was like... It didn't feel... That didn't feel quite like a setup. Maybe that's mm. just me. Mm. But, you know, we see her shoes a couple of times, and that didn't feel like they were setting up, you know, that reveal. Yeah. But it's the thing, because obviously... One of the things they do throughout the film is obviously her trying to teach him how to tie a shoe. Mm. And obviously he goes to sort of tie hers. He doesn't completely do it right. But then, obviously, he does it right with the Jewish girl. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that was the point to it. Because, obviously, when he didn't quite do it right to his mother's shoe, and I was like, oh, I'd quite like that if he still didn't know how to tie a shoe properly. Right. And then, obviously, he ties the Jewish girl's one right, and I was like, mm. Yeah. Yeah, but then he's he's learned nothing. Like, that that whole thing is pointless, <laughs> because he's learned nothing no, from it. No, because his, his journey is he, he learns that Nazis are bad. <laughs> Yeah, who'd have thought? <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. That like that is part, like basically his journey. He learns that Nazis are bad. I would say that the sorry, this is tangent. This is going back to the scene a little bit. Me saying that it was like a sucker punch, like mm. a deliberate sucker punch. I would argue that that one the film kind of gets away with. 
Right. But the end when the town is invaded and everything's blowing up and he's walking through and it's like in slow motion, mm. it's dramatic, that feels like a step too far. Right. That feels like mm. the film is just trying way too hard to be like, oh, the realness of the situation is set yeah. in now, you know? Yes. I guess the film, like, it felt like it needed a kind of explosive finale. Yes, given the setting as well. Yeah. You know, and also it's like the definitive cutoff point. Like, oh, the Nazis have now been defeated. Yes, you know? yeah. It may be, I mean, it's based on a novel, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It kind of yeah. might have been more interesting if the, the big arc, the big resolution of the film had been that he comes to understand, like, yeah, I don't really know when the Hitler Youth started and all that, all that sort of stuff. Presumably around the start of the war or before the war even. Yeah, probably. Um, it might have been more interesting if he had gone through that whole experience and, oh, I'm, you know, I'm woke now and it's 1940. Yes. He's, there's still five years of Nazi world, you know what I mean? i like... Yeah. Where, yeah. So his mother was... He goes through all those changes. He helps the Jewish girl. Mm. But the ultimate thing is, oh, shit, there's five more. There's five, mm. Rather than, like... The happy, happy ending, I suppose. Yeah, it's maybe something more interesting. Arguably, well, what's called Johansson is dealing with because she's um, anti-Nazi, isn't she? Yeah, and she's been anti-Nazi for a while, so she has been living through the war, opposing that regime. Yeah, but I'm silently opposing that. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about a child arriving at the realization that his masters are evil. Okay, but still having to be under their rule for another five years. Okay, like that story isn't as soon as he's like snaps out mm. of the fascist coma, they're, they're liberated. And I just kind of, I don't know, there's something more interesting about yeah, no, having to exist in that bubble. Because yeah. that is even further kind of, if you want to make a point about a draw a parallel between then and now, yeah, it's even more of kind of a call to arms of like, if you feel like you live under this kind of government or yeah. you live under these authoritarians, yeah. you can't be silent. Mm-hmm. It would be more of a call to arms, you know? Yeah. Does... Is it harder to do a family-friendly version of that? Not, not if it's kind of implied. You could have still had that ending with like him and, and the girl. Okay, they're not liberated, but they're friends. He's going to help her, something, yeah. something. And maybe suggest that she's going to get out, but yeah. he has to stay. And like, his personal things are like, yeah, I got her out. I just have to keep my head down now. Yeah. So it's, kind of, it's bittersweet. There's a tragedy in it, but it's also mm. our, he, our hero has learned the valuable yeah. lesson, you know? I don't know. I just think that's more interesting. And it would um, give... Hitler more time as he like becomes the villain at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would give him more because I feel like Hitler is a villain. Mm. That's only like one or two scenes, isn't it? The rest of it, he's like the funny best. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's only when he when Jojo starts turning on him essentially. Yeah, because he's yeah. helping a Jewish girl. Yes, that yeah. Hitler gets pissed. Okay, um, and do you have anything more to say about it? No, I, I that... want to bring up one more thing. Okay, yeah, no, that's everything for me with Jojo. Okay, uh, we've talked before about. Uh, a film earning the use of a song. Ah, yes. Now, admittedly, they're both translations, but what are your feelings, Eddie, on the use of David Bowie's Heroes? What would that being your favourite song and all? It is horrific. <laughs> it, did feel, it did feel proper manipulative. It, I just, it's the same with... It, so it's bookended by two songs I like. Yeah, same. Heroes and I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles. Okay. Is there a, is there a German version of the song at the beginning? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're both um, German versions. Yeah. Okay. But, but that that is with the Beatles. That and she loves you. That is a thing. They made German versions oh, of okay. the time. I didn't know that. Um. And yeah. And to, for the German like play. So that is yeah. That was a thing. So when I heard that, I was like, okay, right. I don't particularly like that you've used this song. Yeah. But you know, cr- creative license or what? Yeah. Know, whatever. Yeah. That shit. There you go. Yeah. And then they use heroes. <laughs> And I was like, okay, two songs I quite like, but even if it is the German versions of both, bookending this, 
that is something I really didn't like. Yeah. I just, because, you know, as you said, I didn't particularly feel like they earned their place. Like, the yeah. thing is, I mean, there's an argument to be made that heroes and I want to hold your hand are like lyrically and sort of yeah, tonally yeah. This relevant. Is, this is the point I was going to yeah. make. If you had to come up, brainstorm what song do we use for the end of this film, there is no song that ticks more boxes than heroes. Yeah. It's about the fall of the Berlin Wall, right? Yeah. So kind of at least nationally relevant. It's about lovers, like a, a man and a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I think it was, a, I don't know if it was man and a woman. Oh, okay. But like two, yeah. yeah. Obviously they're not lovers, but there's that sort of, there's a kind of a flirtationship romance, romance between them. There's that, we could be heroes just for one day. Obviously the big thing at the end of the film is that he kind of has become a hero rather than a villain. This, that kind of, the tone of that music, it's I think partly because it's associated with Perks being a wallflower. It has mm. a coming of AG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the, I mean, the music just sounds triumphant. It does, well, right? It? So yeah. if I'm the the guy that has to say yes or no on th- those terms, yes, there is no better song in the world. But it's just a gut thing. Yeah. I think it's a really good metric of whether you're with the film if you're okay with them using a song you love. And I just wasn't okay with it. No. Even yeah. though intellectually I can go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It works for all these reasons. I, I still don't care. Fuck you, you haven't earned it. You know? Yeah. I, I, I think the other thing for me, mm. I think they could have played it out with a score. I don't think they needed to bookend it with those songs. I think it could have been done with a score. It is a bit distracting. It's, when... I, ju- I just think it's a bit over the top. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're both very well-known songs. Mm. B- big songs, certainly, of the time and, you know, even now. Yeah. But I just think you could have done it. I just don't think it was necessary. Yeah, and this mm. is not a huge criticism because I don't think many people would have seen Perks being a wallflower. But there are like certain songs that you just associate with certain films. Mm. I associate heroes with Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah, that song mm. and that film are so like tightly, you know, yeah, united I'm... for me. So to hear it being used in another film, that doesn't help. Yeah. the idea that the film hasn't earned it. Yeah, and usually I would say like when we, earlier you mentioned about Looper now being like the the, the standard for time travel explanation things. Yeah. I would usually say, oh, is that just an us thing mm. that we associate heroes with that film? Because yeah, it's not a massive film, but the use of the song in that film is like is a plot point. Yeah, it's like yes. it's called the tunnel song. Yeah, you know. It, but so yeah, it's so like you said, like it's not, it's not a song. Film. It's not just a song that's important to the film. Mm. It's important to the characters in that film as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Really they talk integral. about the song. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it is odd. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, are we done with Jojo Rabbit? I think we are. Yeah. Okay. Parasite, more like parasite to behold. There we go. Got to keep it going. That was very great. (laughs) Okay, I now have a criticism. Jordan's just won the best Oscar winner. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't got one for Marriage Story. That took me by surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just, we'll we'll give an IOU to Marriage Story. We'll come back with a pun. (laughs) All right, okay. Or not, you know. It's it's fine, Jordan. I'm trying Um, to come off Marriage Story now. <laughs> okay, no, never mind. Don't okay. fuel the fire. <laughs> All right, should we do 1917 then? Okay. okay. Was... <laughs> you suck. <laughs> no, it doesn't suck. No, it's uh, not. Just, I'm just kind of glad that the alpha male didn't get the girl, you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 1917, more like 19, 7 out of 10. Yeah. 
I panicked. I also didn't have it. Pun pun <laughs> that was also a recent edition, actually. We realised as we were watching the Oscars. Yeah. Oh shit, we should probably talk about 1917. Yeah, so we have absolutely nothing planned. No. I mean, when do we ever come into these with a, the right kind of plan? It's, it's, a, it's a... Yeah. It's an interesting question in a way. It's like, how much preparation should you do for... You obviously want these conversations to be as authentic as possible. Yeah. But you also want to have something to something say. To say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at our planning going back, we were going to have the top ten films out before New Year. Yes. Yeah. And they weren't going to be in three parts. No. They weren't going to take, like, 20 days to record a ten-hour podcast. Yeah, you know? we weren't still going to be playing catch-up by, like, mid-February. <laughs> yeah, we foolishly thought that we could do the top ten one kind of, <laughs> in our mind, slightly longer than usual setting, but we yeah. do it on that past When it comes to talking about the best films of this year, yeah. I feel like we might have to limit it to five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're too lazy to stop talking, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, 1917. I mean, I like that style of film. I like One Shot. The one Do you? Well, yes, because... Yeah. Um, like think Birdman. You, even, you might have said that it, wasn't gonna, it wouldn't be your 10th now, but it no. did make it into your top 10 yeah. you know, for a while. But if you're yeah, not listening, there's no point going back to those episodes. They're, not, they're, they're, they're clearly not canon anymore. <laughs> yeah. They're basically redundant because Parasite's got up in yours and hers now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do like that... I really liked it in Bourbon, and I do like it in this. Okay. You know, it is, it's well-directed. I think, think it that. transcends gimmick. That's the question, isn't it? Well, I, I think it's definitely the best one-take, you know, in inverted commas, yeah. one-take film I've ever seen. It's I would agree. It's flawless. Yeah. yeah. The execution of it is flawless. There's a, yeah. there's a, there's a little moment, and it's not a showy moment, mm. but it's after they've been given their mission and they're going through the trenches. And they sort of, they walk around a crowd of people, and the camera sort yeah. of like goes through a crowd of people. And then the camera turns around so that it's looking at the front of them. Yeah. And you see that there were no gaps in that crowd of people that the camera could have passed through. So there's clearly been a cut somewhere. Yeah. Just no idea where. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're doing this well. I watched, um, it came up on Facebook of all things, but there was a clip and it was like a behind the scenes of how they shot. There's a scene where he's, as everyone's going over the top. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's running across. The big finale. The yeah. Climax, yeah. What I like is, I, it kind of felt like, when he like runs into the soldiers, falls over and carries on, I, it just felt like that probably wasn't intentional, but he just got hit by people and went, ah, fuck it, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, nice yeah. when moments like that happen in films where it's mm. not clear, in a good way, it's not clear whether it was intentional or not. Yeah. Verisimilitude. Yes. What's the, the um, in Collateral, when Tom Hanks, not Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, he throws a chair through a window, jumps through and yeah, then kind of trips he, he over slips. it. Yeah, yeah. That, like that's definitely not yeah. planned. It's yeah. too clumsy for like Tom yeah. Cruise. And then yeah. on the opposite end of the spectrum, you got James Corden falling down the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> just thinking of that. Yeah, in Cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fat guy falling over is funny. Yeah. Speaking of which, that was one moment of the Oscars that we actually yes. enjoyed, wasn't it? Well, I mean, me you, you. you two enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Did I you, wanna, do you I not enjoy it because it was Cats? Or I just think we need to forget that film as quick as possible. We do. No, I think we need to remember it in the, is, in the same way that if we... If this is the, 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 the full stop at the end of the sentence that is Cats, if this is how they're choosing to, like, you know, leave the film, like, they're going to come out and present the best visual effects Oscar, mm. I think that's fine. This this is, this should be the last yeah. time Cats the film has ever referenced. Yeah, I just... It's James Corden. I don't think he will. I think he's going to do his fucking Listen. show in America and come out dressed as a cat. <laughs> I think after the Holocaust... Had they okay? Where, 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 where are you going with this? After the Holocaust, had they raised uh, Auschwitz to the ground, we would be bereft of a symbol of what humanity is capable of. So I think we need to remember cats in the same way that we remember the Holocaust. I can't believe you just compared cats to the Holocaust. Holocaust. 
<laughs> Cats is infinitely worse. <laughs> Cats, Cats is worse than the Holocaust. That is an episode title if ever I give one. Um, and a, an instant, just a shortcut to any potential demonetization <laughs> if it ever gets monetized. Um, we just lost all viewership. <laughs> Speaking of world wars. Let's go back to 1917. Um, yeah, as we've probably talked about it on previous podcasts, I'm not generally a fan of the one shot thing. It just feels too flamboyant, just showing off, you know? Yeah. Um, mm. I get why they've done it. It feels yeah. like the kind of film that you would do that for. Mm. Um, and it, but it didn't irritate me in this one. No. No. Uh, so that's a sign that it was doing something well. But at the same time, I, f- I feel like the film kind of is only that, really, you know? It was nominated for screenplay at the Oscars, and we were like, you don't, you just don't really yeah, think about it. Yeah, that was a surprise. It, it, yeah, yeah it's, it's not a film I'm watching for its screenplay. No. Because its screenplay is fairly average. Yeah, it's just a normal World War yeah. one screenplay, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I do, I do like some of the visuals for it. Mm. Like, the, when they go over the top and they're in no man's land, and... Like you've got the dead bodies in the ground and everything like that, and just like air, like the left, like the tanks and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, that whole scene is like a tease, isn't it? It's like mm. something's going to happen, something's going to happen. Yeah, and it's good at raising that tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there were moments of kind of cinematic transcendence. Mm. The, the moment where um, he's knocked out and then he wakes up, and it's all you know, the whole area's been set on fire. And there's one where he's running along, and you've got the kind of fire in the background. Mm. lighting the whole scene yes and Thomas Newman's score kind of swells and that was like okay yeah it's kind of firing on all cylinders at yeah. this point um, I really like that as he's like leaving that area because he, he's in that area then he sort of finds the woman with the child mm. and then he realises oh I'm running out of time I have to go now yeah. and as he's running out of that area the sky is sort of it's getting lighter yeah. So the sky is kind of like a very darkish blue. Mm. I liked that. Yeah. I was watching that thing. Oh, you don't usually see this time of day in film. It's either like yeah. dark or it's yeah. dusk or it's day. It was nice that it's kind of like that, you know, mm. murky early morning kind yes. of yeah. to it. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I do like George McKay in it. Yeah, he's fine, you know. You know yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> it's, it's not, I, did, I, I liked the fact that they killed off I'd come Dean Charles Chapman. Okay, yeah. Yeah. The guy from Game of Thrones. Here's the thing, because obviously they, they, that is the big kind of surprising moment of the yeah, film. Yeah, because he dominates trailers. Yeah, you think it's going to be a two-hander and then he dies like 20, 30 minutes in. Yeah, yeah. and also the, the, a couple of things happen to George McKay that makes you think, oh, he's going to die. Yeah. Like yeah. he cuts his hand and then his hand goes into the, someone's body. It's like, yeah, oh, he's going to get yeah, infected. That's just disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, I'm not sure if we talked about this on the podcast or outside of it, I sort of expected that to happen. I'm not oh, saying right. I'm like... Yeah, we did have that conversation. I don't know if it okay. was... Not sure if it's like, not. you know, precocious film genius. Mm. Just on the level of Dean Charles Chapman in Game of Thrones doesn't really have to do much acting. You know, it's not His a very... His death is amazing in that. It's a great death, but like he doesn't... It's not a very demanding role. Who does he mm. play? Do I know the he character? He plays Tom. Tom and Baratheon. You've probably seen the clip of like just him walking off the balcony. Oh, <laughs> that's just Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that clip. Yeah. It's not a demanding role. It's like young king, naive sort of thing. And so I thought, does he have the experience and the pedigree to kind of help carry this mm-hmm. one-shot movie? And I just thought, I just don't think no. that he has that much experience yet. Yeah. So I sort of thought that he wasn't going to make it very far, you know? Mm. The thing is, it kind of, I feel like in that regard, it plays into it a little bit. Because he gets he killed by a German being a naive fucking getting him out of a burning... No, leave the German in there to burn to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, I don't know yeah. whether you're supposed to think that this is going to be a moment of humanity, where it's like, oh, well, both sides yeah. come together, they kind of 
you know, like, oh, this is all shit, isn't no, it? German and then they, stabs him. Yes. Well done, ditch it. Yeah. Yeah. The film is its kind of technique. You know, yeah. the, the Roger Deakins, you can't, you still can't fault Batman. No, absolutely. He not. won the Oscar deservedly, so. I do like uh, the fact that he spent ages not winning Oscars. And that's, and that's, that's all he's doing. Was it two in yeah. a row he's won from? Like, yeah. he was two in three years or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I believe The Lighthouse is on our list, so we're going to get to The Lighthouse. But yeah, we I will. think The Lighthouse should have won cinematography. I, 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 will, I will not deny the achievement of yeah, 1917. Yeah. And it's not just the fact that it's a gimmick well done, it's also a gorgeous looking film yeah, as well. Yeah. Yes. But, well, we'll discuss it when we get to the we Lighthouse. Won't. But yeah, I we will. But I, and I prefer the film, yeah. but we will get to it. But I just think for that achievement, like if you're going to reward the film for anything, mm. it's that, you know? Mm. So I thought your fair play got no complaints about him winning. Yeah. Um, that's sort of it. They're, they're a little, like you're a big fan of the and- Andrew Scott in it, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. It's my favourite thing I've ever seen them do. Yeah. And he's in it for like two minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was more than one take because he fucked it up. Did he? But, yeah, the first, time yes, they, did, yeah. the first time they went to shoot it. He fucked it up, and they were shooting like a seven-minute block at the oh, same time. <laughs> so the, all, all the bit that walks through or something to when yeah, they get yeah. to him was all done as like one thing. Okay, and he fucked up like the te- <laughs> his very few lines he <laughs> fucked up. Um, so they had to go back and shoot the whole thing again yeah. because they were su- shooting it in sort of minute blocks or whatever it was. Oh yeah, my God, that must be. I mean, in, in general, it's it can be a bit embarrassing if you flub a take. But to do it when it's like eight minutes long yeah. or whatever it is. One of the bigger names in the film. Yeah. He's like, ah, these guys are out here like yeah, yeah. <laughs> smashing it on one take. And I'm like, oh, no. But you've sort of got to account for that, haven't you? Because like oh, at the end course. of the day, in, they say in theatre, if you fuck up, like it's paramount. You can't fuck up in theatre. Yes. But they do all the time. Okay. And then just kind of cover it with the next thing. Obviously, yeah. you can't do that in a film. But I don't know. I feel like it's maybe I'm being too soft on them. I don't know. Like It's kind of an unrealistic expectation that they're just going to completely nail on the first take yeah. this kind of epic task, you know? Yeah. Mm. Films like this, my problem with them broadly is that they generally lack depth. Birdman probably remains the deepest one-shot mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. There's not... 1917 doesn't really do much beyond its experience, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's an experiential film. There's no big... At the end of the film, I think it's George Mackay, I think is how you're supposed to pronounce I don't okay. know. That could be like a pretentious... Gonna call him Georgia boy. Yeah, <laughs> that could be like a it's Ralph Fiennes actually sort of thing with yeah, yeah. It's Ralph in it. Um, <laughs> Turns out Ralph even George. <laughs> Ralph, yeah, Ralph Fiennes. At the end of the film, he kind of relaxes. <laughs> he just kind of sits down next to a tree and he looks at a picture of his wife and kid. And you go, oh yeah, he's got a wife and kid. But that like there's no doesn't say anything, you know. No, but also he sits down and does that. But he's just walked away from a tent with a shit ton of people dying. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, all right, mate. Like, I yeah, get yeah. it. But like, yeah. that guy's definitely missing like a I leg. Mean, it, it's supposed to be um, that moment um, is kind of supposed to transcend the reality of the film in a way. I feel right. What in what way? Not that it's not physically happening. Just kind of like I think like the camera pans back around when he's on the tree and you can't see the tents or anything behind him. So it implies that he's not in that space anymore. Yeah. But no, it just kind of feels like, okay, the film ended. The story and like the events and everything yeah. ended with him telling the guy's brother that he's dead. Yeah. And now this is a moment just that he's experiencing. And it's kind of like, book yeah. because it's book, it bookends the film, doesn't yeah. it? Because it ends the sim- a similar way to how it's there. It's there to, yeah, bookend it. Yeah. Yeah, him against the tree. That's how it starts. I think what it's meant to do is, is to kind of go, right, we've had this kind of tumultuous... Mm horrible experience of war yeah. and now we get to see the kind of not cost or consequence but 
it adds that level of oh yeah these people have families yeah, yeah. but you, you know that sort of anyway and I don't know whether it's supposed to be because it's one take like okay yeah. we can't cut to him at the end of the war we can't mm. cut to him like meeting his family mm. we need to have a moment that kind of shows like oh he's going to be fine he's going to get out of this mm. he's going to make it I just want to know through. how the fuck he got back to his own trench yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it took that was a lot of effort to get there was, over no man's land. He and... was like unconscious for a, a little bit, wasn't he? So yeah. he probably yeah. doesn't even. He probably can't even go back. The well, he went way. down a fucking yeah. r- river and a waterfall. Like yeah. they should make a sequel, nineteen eighteen, where it, the war's <laughs> over and it's just him walking to a train station or something, <laughs> or it's just Colin Firth in the bunker going, "Where the fuck is? Where's he going? <laughs> he, what's he doing? Yeah, I mean, we know the other one's dead now, like." Where's he gone? Just come back echoing the background. I said, fuck off! <laughs> uh, I was, yeah. was going to say, that is one criticism I do have. I mean, mm. Sam Mendes talked about how it was a film which didn't have, like, major star power in it. Yeah. Which, obviously, it does, but they're background characters. Yes. But the problem is, is by the time you get to, like, well, even, like, by the time you get to Mark Strong, it just, it's like, ah, oh, they meet someone that's vaguely important, famous name. Yeah, it does get a bit distracting, actually. It does. Richard yeah. Madden it does. did not need to be his brother. Yeah, because yeah. you're watching it. If you don't know who the cast is going in, you're like, okay, so every incidental character he meets will be like a British, you know, yeah. celebrity. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're just waiting like, oh, it's yeah. Andrew Scott. Yeah. Oh, look, it's Colin Firth. <laughs> yeah. You're not in the world. Especially since film. those names are not on the poster. They might be in the trailer. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, well, that's like, there was what because there's one shot of Cumberbatch in one of the trailers. Okay. And Firth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this one shot of Cumber- Cumberbatch, and he like obviously does the turn around, which he does in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, Cumberbatch is in this film." Yeah, he's in it for about a minute. Yeah, which is fine, but it, the fact that they are that incidental, mm. especially it's just Bandit. Yeah, especially since the film had the kind of nerve, I suppose, for its two main people mm. to be basically unknowns yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Although. Mm. You know, Sam Mendes slagging him off at the BAFTAs. That was funny. <laughs> uh, the Golden Globes, right? Golden Globes, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um, I see Basically you, you, saying, you like, oh, we, we need... it that way. I don't, inter- I, I don't see that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see the insult. No, I, I don't know. It's a, it, it obviously wasn't intended yeah, yeah. to be uh, malicious in any way, yeah, yeah. but it's just kind of like, you know, oh, I'm glad we won an award because maybe people go see it, yeah. considering we don't have famous people in it. Or <laughs> but it wasn't that way. He was saying, isn't it nice that, like, that you need star power to sell a film? We don't have that because we don't have stars we have actors who might be known yeah um and so yes this win might push people to go see it mm. however didn't win you an oscar it didn't no no and we are very happy about that yes um there no, was fun- not was- in the same way that we would be very ha- we're very happy the joker <laughs> didn't win yes no it's more just happier rather than yeah, yeah. Just like, oh good like the oscars aren't just Predictable and safe. Yeah. And, yeah. To be fair, know. if Joker had won anything else other than yeah. what it won, mm. might have lost a lot of faith in Hollywood. <laughs> well, I said when Joker got the most nominations, including Phillips for Best Director. Well, that's it now. That's the final nail in the coffin of the Oscars. But then they fucking they went give everything, everything to Parasite, <laughs> and they bring us right back in. Which means next yeah. year we will be right back. Going, Fuck, I'm going to do it just when I thought I was out. They pull me back in. <laughs> Terrible impression. Yeah. It had to be done. Yeah, um, at the end, when he pulls out the picture of his family, <laughs> you're meant to go, oh, he's got a family. Oh, if only I'd known that and would have attached like more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My thought was, well, you're just reckless then, mate. If you got, <laughs> if you got a wife and kid, you're running through all these fucking trenches. Well, what was he supposed to? Because isn't he directly, for your own life. Isn't he directly asked by the guy, like, oh, do you have a family? Do you have a wife? Like, I don't know anything about you. Yeah. And he's like deliberately cagey. He yeah, doesn't answer yeah, yeah. it. 
and then we see at the end that he does indeed. Mm, he does. Yeah. So is it supposed to say something about him that he would keep that in? Not obviously not that he doesn't love them. He clearly does. Yeah, but yeah. Is he, are we supposed to think like, what oh, a, this guy is like, you know, he doesn't trust people? Or I think he's supposed to think what a brave man that he okay. would, that he would go through all that when he's got like a wife and kid at home. Yeah. But um, dumb camp. <laughs> and I, I think it's kind of te- well I don't think he had much of a choice in fairness no, but no I mean he expresses that to the guys like yeah. why'd you pick me he's like I mean mate you fucking made it so it was a good choice it's, it's that typical thing of like you're also meant to think oh yeah all these people that I've seen get flippantly killed in the background also all have families Yeah, That's just, it's meant to be that moment in Saving Private Ryan where he says I'm a teacher yeah. It's meant to be, oh shit, like these men just aren't like. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, they're just like <laughs> us. They're just pe- yeah, yeah. yeah. But it didn't quite have the effect that it wanted to for me. No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's like looking back on like films when obviously like when they come out and things that I would actually go and buy. I'm not going to buy 1917. It's, it's going to. I've become too like educated now on those sorts of films. Like Gravity, I know for a fact it's just going to wither on the vine now. Yeah. yeah. It's going to get worse and worse every time I see 1917 it. Yeah, 1917 yeah. yeah, All those films do, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, if you look at, like, obviously what is up, or what was, you know, what was up for Best Picture this year, Yeah. no one's going to give a shit about Ford versus Ferrari in about three months. In fairness, I don't think anyone gives a shit about it now. No, true. I don't think anyone's going to give a shit about this little woman adaptation in a little bit, other than, oh, Gerwig didn't win, or didn't well, get a nod. Whenever Gerwig does, whatever Gerwig's next project is, people will care about that. It'll, yeah. It's like Ladybug. Is it Ladybird? Ladybird. Ladybird. Yeah. Where um, I don't really hear people talk about that anymore. God no. Since Little Women came out, it's like, oh, that's the thing we're gonna, you know, back. Yeah, yeah that's the horse. You're saying, back. These are obviously the Oscars have to operate somewhat within a, a this, well, as we all do, within a zeitgeist of the now. Yeah, they have to nominate the films that are kind of getting the best reviews, ideally. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's kind of difficult to think long term about in five, ten years' time, which films are going to be looked back on like that one best picture that year. You know? Yeah. Like, is it Chicago? Chicago or A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. You know, uh, there's plenty of examples. But this will be one of the few years where you go, yeah, Parasite is definitely going to become a. I, I mean, take, I'll say, take Birdman as an example. Yeah. Most people don't fucking remember that no. at all. I, I think in 20, 30 years' time, Parasite will be considered one of the best films of all time. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You know, I mean, people will remember Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it's Tarantino. And if you look back yeah. at his collection, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no one's going to remember The Irishman, I don't think. No. That's going to sort of fall through the cracks. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, no one's going to really remember Jojo Rabbit. No, other than Taika Waititi fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, that one fucking adapted screenplay. I know. Oscar-winning writer Taika Waititi. <laughs> Oscar-winning writer Taika Waititi. I mean, I do like him. I, I like him a lot more yeah. than you, obviously. Um, you've made yeah. that clear in the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that he was Oscar-worthy, though. No, no, no. He feels like he's a bit below that. Well, yeah. but I don't. I just don't think Jojo. I, as I say, I kind of am like on the fence with Jojo Rabbit. Right. I just don't think it's Oscar worthy. Yeah, it's just not that good. No. Uh, is it? Is it just because of the sort? Not the source material, but just because of what it's dealing with. The fact that it's Hitler and it's Nazis and it's. I suppose. So, although I will and... say, what really annoys me is then is now an Oscar-winning screenplay that has the line "fuck you, Hitler" in it. There is and that, and that just. Do you not like that? <laughs> no, it kicks him out. He's a white supremacist. Why? Why do you keep slagging off Hitler? He had good points. He was kind to dogs. Yeah, yeah. he was a vegetarian. He, he killed about the environment. six million Jews. You know. So the Holocaust is the recurring theme of this <laughs> podcast. It's fine. Cats are still worse. His dog was called Blondie, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, Hitler's dog was called Blondie. Of course, oh, yeah. he li- I mean, he liked blonde hair. So. <laughs> yeah. 
Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah. Exterminate all the Jews. But I, I, I do think, like, as much as I love Marriage Story, I think people will forget about that as well. I don't know. Marriage Story, I'm sort of, like, wavering on. I think that could become a kind of modern little classic. Maybe. I mean, it's it's Netflix, though. How yeah. how much from Netflix gets remembered? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that's... Yeah. No, Parasite is the one film of the year that will be remembered, like, 100%. Yes. Even if people don't like it, like, it's in the history books now, yeah. isn't yeah. it? So it'll be remembered for that, yes. at the very least. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like the film about Judy. Right? If you like Judy Garland, you might care, but no, no one's going to remember that in a month. No, you know, Harriet. No one's seen that. <laughs> no one's seen it. Well yeah. done, Cynthia Revo. You yeah. made a film no one watched. Have either of you seen Harriet? No, no. Right. I don't even know what it is. No, um, it's Harriet Tubman. What's that? <laughs> she was part of the. Um... <laughs> so it wasn't even who was that. It was what's that? <laughs> she was. She was an abolitionist, part of the underground oh, railway. Okay. Um, Cynthia Revo. That yeah. film. Yeah, I know. I yeah. know. I know who that is. Yeah. Who was yeah. in, gave a performance dressed in one of those dog collars that, like, when when dogs are ill, those things they put around their necks, the big <laughs> fucking megaphone thing. Yes, yeah, it was almost like that. Yeah, that or a chancellor from a Star Wars planet. <laughs> do they? Um, what are the things from uh, Magic Crystal? Do they have something like that as well? Magic Crystal. Is it the Magic Crystal? The Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. I don't know. I'm not familiar really. The with Chamberlain the Dark or whatever stuff. they're called. They have right, like yeah, yeah. the big. Oh no! Actually, no. Time Lords have something like that. Do they? Yeah. Does they Eddie have, Redmayne they have things like that? Have something like that in Jupiter Ascending? Ooh, maybe. It's that typical like emperor, like I'm so evil, my collar goes above my head. Yeah. You know, <laughs> whatever that means. A massive collar to <laughs> signify my wickedness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 1970s, <laughs> all said and done, it was alright. Yeah. 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 Insubstantial, but well executed. Yes. I will say yeah. the only thing is I don't know if I'd recommend it. Um, like I mean, if I were to recommend it as anything, I'd recommend it as entertainment over art. Yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. If you like one shot takes. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. I suppose it's it's good in that respect in that it's if the you like it's, if you like that one-shots. style of film. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you like war films, fine. It's the pinnacle of one shot films. Is it the pinnacle of one shot takes? Is there a one shot take in another film that isn't completely one shot? That's like. Like a better example of that craft than 1917 and as, as I'm not, I'm not familiar with how much editing there was, but for me, Children of Men is still the standout. Oh, okay. Uh, that big battle sequence, yeah. you know. That's still the best example of that I've seen. But I can still picture, you know, that's iconic. That's, yes. Mm. Picture that. The car as well, where it's kind of rotating the around the car. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty iconic as well. Okay. Yeah. What should we move on to now then? 1917. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about 1917 again. <laughs> I think we should talk about and the not lighthouse. tell anyone. Okay, the lighthouse. The lighthouse. More like the. Sure. All right. The Robert house. Eggers. We get it. You're great. <laughs> the eight house. Eight. <laughs> Don't ruin this film. It's good. It's a light house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do we think about the lighthouse? Fucking great. Yeah, he yeah. said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was. Why is it fucking great? Black and white. Wonderful. Being a sea captain. What? You're fond of me lobster, aren't you, lad? Yeah. That that's the that's the that's the line on the poster. <laughs> You're fond of me lobster, aren't you? Oh god. I think I, the line I was is oh, why'd you spill your beans? Yes. Lad? You know? Yeah. Um, okay. Well I've got a theory about the lighthouse. Okay. Do you want me to explain? Shall, upon shall that? we um we didn't actually see what the plot of nineteen seventeen was. Not that it matters, but do we wanna give a bit of ease people into the lighthouse discussion first before we sure. go 
throw the heavy stuff at them. Okay, all right then. Okay. What's it about? Yeah. What's it about? <laughs> What's it about? Uh, the film is based in, is it the 1890s? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And it's on an island, and it's Willem Dafoe and it's Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. And they go to, they're part of like a, I assume they rotate people. They rotate workers at that like. I think they rotate. Um, it's supposed to be on a monthly, uh, like monthly yeah, basis. Yeah. yeah. So they go to this island where they have to maintain and operate a lighthouse for a month with the promise that after the month is over, they'll be brought back to land and they'll be paid. They do that. They go to the lighthouse for a bit. Uh, Robert Pattinson is being deliberately cagey about his past and where he comes from and who he is. And Willem Dafoe is insane. Mm. Com- completely mad. Um, and then at the end of the month, the boat never comes and time continues to pass and the boat continues to not come mm-hmm. and they just get drunk and they all and it all goes to shit and they all yes. just go mad. Basically. Basically. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those um, Descent into Madness kind of films. Yeah, so, it is. That is the plot. Two people go insane on an island. Yeah. yeah. If you will. Not the plot, but that's the that's what you're watching the film for. Yes. Eddie. Yes. What are your insights about The Lighthouse? Um... I really like that. I really like that. <laughs> I, honestly, it, I'm trying to think of like Patterson is very good. Defoe yep. is very good. Mm-hmm. I like that it's black and white. And obviously, mm-hmm. it's shot on. I, I literally looked it up so I got the right aspect ratio. It's shot on uh, one one nineteen one. Yes, yes, it's very ratio. very um, res- confined, restricting aspect yeah. ratio, almost yeah. a square. Almost, and it's shot with lenses from yeah. the turn of the century as well. Yes. Yeah. Is the sound? Do they use uh, microphones closer to that? era as well because the sound it's like cuphead where it kind of has like a crackly old timey feel to it yeah i'm not sure if that was added in post or not okay um yeah but knowing him probably not but yeah no i i had a lot of but just because a lot of what a lot of time for it like this film just because it's i mean i'm kind of obviously coming around on pattinson as an actor Mm -hmm. since like good time so i'm sort of you know warming up to him yeah and it's just it's really weird it's really I think because obviously because of like the aspect ratio, it's really uh, like claustrophobic at times. Yeah, mm. I mean him wanking to a mermaid. Like <laughs> we've all done. <laughs> <laughs> what to a mermaid? Like what the oh fuck? the figure you were oh, talking about the figurine. Yeah. No, no, that. No, we've all wanked to a mermaid. Oh yeah, that's fair enough. Right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Which mermaid is the question though? Uh, Ariel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think everyone was like, yeah. It's <laughs> Can you name another mermaid? Well, what, who, who's the mermaid in this? I don't, I don't know. She wasn't bad looking. No, no, the actress. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Shame about the fish. Oh. <laughs> ah, fuck a girl. Why not? You'd fuck a girl. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was the one. I think this will sort of lead into your theory. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, no, just what that. I'd fuck a girl. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of leads into your theory. Because the Robert. No, not Robert Patterson. Robert Eggers. Yeah. Recently did. Recently did. Okay. I am awake, I promise. Okay. You sure you know what? Are you sh- talking English? <laughs> uh, Ro- uh, Robert Eggers. So, e- Egg Roberts. Egg Roberts. <laughs> Robert Eggman. Yeah. He did um, The the Vivich. That was his first film, yeah. wasn't it? Which was... Uh, it was uh, sort of marketed as a horror film. And mm. it is kind of a horror film, but it's not your typical no. like, jump scary. No. Um, it's more like a disturbing horror yeah, film. Yeah, it's not a quiet, quiet horror film. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That Thank really you. surprised me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! <laughs> Hollywood was right. This is the only horror we should be doing. Um, yeah, and then I think a lot of people. Uh, I don't know if it was marketed as a horror film, The Lighthouse, now, but I think a lot of people went in expecting it to sort of be that. Maybe. Well, it, it is and it isn't. It's, it's marketed as like a psychological drama. 
Right. Okay. It's a psychological horror movie. That, yeah. That's definite, right? Yeah. Psychological horror kind of being a a, a euphemism for smart horror. Yeah. Mm. But whenever you see psychological... I, I don't think I've ever seen a marketed as psychological horror film that ended up being terrible. I'm well, sure there are examples, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, okay. it, it tends to just be, oh, it's it's more art than schlock. And mm. So it gets psychological horror, you know, hereditary, yeah. the Babadook. Right. The only... And this will... I will yeah, allow yeah. you to talk no, about. No, it's fine. Because um, the only moment in the film where it got close to becoming, like, horrific for me mm. was when he encounters the mermaid on the shore. Right. And uh, the Because she's, like, tangled in a net. Yeah. She's, yeah. like, covered in seaweed or something. Yeah. So for the, uh, at the... Initially, he thinks it's just a woman. So mm. he sort of, like, tries to kind of untangle her from the net, sees that she's naked, and he sort of, like... Fondles her breast. Yeah, traces down her body, and then obviously she becomes a fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the camera... So he look, You see Robert Pattinson's kind of look of horror... And then he looks at the moment, and then it sort of cuts to her as she sort of like sits upright, so her face is like right in the camera. Yeah. And then she starts to like scream, laugh almost. Yeah. Laugh hysterically. Laugh hysterically. Yeah. 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 Yeah, As soon as she sort of like came right up to the camera, that's kind of the one moment where I was like, all right, I might have to look away now. (laughs) Well, those those sorts of films, psychological horror movies, they work best when you take away images from them. Yes. Things that just keep repeating in your head. Like, oh, I don't... That's a very disturbing, creepy image. Yeah. Yeah, there were... Do, do, is, this, is this the obligatory bringing up creature moment? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> well, why do you have to remind me of that? Because it's it was the obligatory <laughs> creature moment. Okay. There's a filmmaker called Trey Edward Schultz. Yeah. Who, um... He made Waves last year. Uh, the film I recommended. I still, still yeah. haven't seen it. Uh, and he made It Comes at Night before that. I think his, maybe his first, his debut feature was a film called Creature, which is nominally a family, a dark family drama about a middle-aged woman um, who goes home for Thanksgiving and it's kind of like, she's an alcoholic and th- there's kind of tension there and they're not sure whether she's mm-hmm. relapsed and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But it's presented as a horror movie, as a really like dreadful, unsettling experience. But nothing horror horrific happens. It's just like this horrible sense of tension and dread that's in mm. the pit of your stomach. And the opening shot of that film is just an, like an extreme close-up on her face. That's like a, um, a tableau vivant. Um, I think that's the right expression. Sure. Uh, <laughs> a tableau vivant. It's not like diegetic. It's mm. just kind of like a, a breaking the fourth wall Shakespearean chorus moment. And it's just her staring at the camera for what feels like an eternity with just this expression of like, it's reaching out and it, but it's kind of longing and it's pain and it's sort of ambiguous and it's just so disturbing. Mm. She's not doing anything. She's just looking at you and it's just, it's too intimate. Yeah. And because it's so close, you're expecting her to go like, ah, you know, like in um, The Silence of the Lambs mm. where obviously that film utilizes extreme mm. close-ups a lot. Yeah. And the moment where Anthony Hopkins goes, for the yes. first time you jump because yeah. it's like, oh, he, he like made a sudden movement. Yes. Yeah. It's like that where you're really expecting something, but nothing does. But yes, so that would be an example of uh, these images that just linger and fester. Yeah, yeah. A field in England would be another good. Uh, okay, exa- I have. I you have seen, seen it. it. Have you seen a field in no. England? I won't explain it, but that film has plenty of images okay. that just sear into your yeah retina yeah. and psyche. Yeah. So the lighthouse. I feel like we should expound a little bit more about what it presents itself as before I unleash my theory. Okay. Because it's not going to really make sense, I don't think. Okay. So yeah, the film looks at it's black and white. It has that really kind of small aspect ratio. It's very claustrophobic. It's incredibly tense. Uh, My mum asked me, um, and my way of describing to her was it's beautifully uncomfortable. Yeah, beautifully uncomfortable. 
great gracefully tense. Uh, <laughs> did, did, I did have to warn her that there was some wanking in it because it's not the kind of thing she's going to be. Oh, okay, you know. Yeah, so, but it's it's Robert Pattinson wanking. At least like Willem Dafoe, we don't quite see him wanking. No, yeah. just the lighthouse. One of those films that I think is great because I would recommend it to like maybe one in a hundred people that I know. You know, like oh yeah, most of you aren't going to like it. You might. You like weird individual yeah i like weird shit i'm going to enjoy it yeah like you guys obviously and then like maybe two other people i know i would recommend it to <laughs> anyway um so yeah it's incredibly tense it is like a psychological horror movie mm. it has this kind of soundscape that's very eerie yeah am i right in thinking that like when you do hear like the birds from the sea mm. that's been like turned up a notch oh yeah it's put on looped probably yeah, yeah. no this doesn't so. this this it has a natural soundscape in the sense that all of the sounds makes sense they yeah, sound like yeah. they're coming from the environment yes. but the mixing is very stylized I think. yeah, yeah. yeah. foghorns and that, yeah. that sort of thing I also think that because the ocean never looks real in the film so I think all of that's like deliberately supposed to look like miniatures and yeah uh, yeah it looks like a horror movie that was made in the 40s or 50s yeah, yeah. Uh, and all, it's, it's very old timey in every sense the dialogue is very old timey kind of maritime lady. which it definitely seems to be Robert Egger's specialty because the village was like that I yeah. saw an interview with him where he said that he he wouldn't know what to do if he made a contemporary film. Yeah. He needs a, a, a reference point. Yeah. You know? What be a Timberman want with a wiki? Or oh, yeah. I recommend, yeah. I recommend if you watch it, like, watch it with subtitles. I know you guys didn't. Yes. But you, I feel like the dialogue is so rich, you just get more out of it if you're, yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're seeing what they're saying. And in some instances, you might just need the subtitles just to keep up. Oh, for Willem Dafoe, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got Willem Dafoe doing the sea captain from The Simpsons. Yes. And then you've got Rob Pattinson kind of Kind of do, uh, like a <coughs> like a New England Boston dwarf kind of doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, like a Daniel Plainview from Massachusetts kind of thing. Mm. Yes. So it's a horror movie, right? A psychological horror movie. Yes. On yeah, the face yeah. of it. Sure. It's a, rom- it's a romantic comedy. <laughs> That's what the film is. That's my grand thesis. Okay. It's a rom-com. Let me unpack that. The thing is, right, so, <laughs> I'll, I'll, just to explain to, to, to everyone. Yeah. Just to explain why you're wrong. No, no. <laughs> so just to explain to everyone. Sam said to me, it was like, rewatch The Lighthouse, but view it from this point. Now, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really interested to see where this theory goes. Okay. Well, my first thought was, it's a, it's a, if you're looking for it, it's a comedy. Not a romantic comedy. Okay. I don't, I don't strictly mean a rom-com in the sense that everyone thinks. So here's the, the comedic stuff. Okay. When they first get to The Lighthouse, Ephraim bumps his head on like the ceiling when he walks into his room right if you're not viewing it through the lens of this is a comedy that's just like a casual moment of like oh it's just a thing that yeah. happened you know then <laughs> in the first dinner that they're having together uh, Wake says something really portentous and like it cuts to Pattinson for a reaction of like ooh this is what he just said is really dark and then it cuts back to Defoe and he just goes <laughs> and he just hacks up some phlegm right yeah. <laughs> it's a completely like disjointed moment and then in that same conversation, he like hands him a glass of vodka, whatever it is, mm, yeah. and says, drink. He says, oh, I don't really drink. And he says, you best have a good reason not to drink. So that's a funny little inversion there. Okay. You've got the farting, which is the most broadly comic thing. The yeah. faux farting. And I, when I first saw the film, because I was still in the mindset of, I'm approaching this as a really serious, somber movie. It was like, am I meant to find that funny? <laughs> Or was yeah. that, I don't know, like, what film am I watching here? But that was the first one that kind of broke the frame for me. The intensity of it. Mm-hmm. It's so intense it becomes silly. Mm-hmm. But I think self-consciously silly. Like, not, you're not looking for a 
a flaw. I think it knows it's a bit, it's over the top, and it's kind of luxuriating. I would say, well, there's the scene where they're at the bottom of the lighthouse, completely insane, pounding on their chests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's so over the top. Unlike Defoe's performance, it's so kind of archetypal. Mm. It becomes mythic. It's like he is the salty sea dog. He is that kind of. He is maritime compressed into a Mm -hmm. man. Manatime. (laughs) And. Manatee. Manatee. That is also a thing that exists. That is also a thing that's aqua based. Yes. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, and at one point, Pattinson calls him a parody. He says, You're a parody. Or you kind of uh, you see dog stuff. It's just mm. it's too much. And then there's that sequence, obviously, where Pattinson throws the the shit into the sea, and the wind just blows it back into his face. Yeah. Okay. Those are comic beats. Yes. Yes. And then like, what supports this? Well, the editing supports it. So yeah. in that same sequence where he throws the shit, it flies back into his face. He starts to scream in the sheer horror, and it kind of cuts him off just as he starts screaming, yeah. which is funny. <gasps> and it cuts it off. That's a funny yeah. edit, you know. Um. Right. Let me think. Uh, right, so there are moments in the film, yeah, as they descend into insanity, mm-hmm. there's a sequence where they, they start fighting with each other, proper like bear fighting, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to them slow dancing, <laughs> right? So there's that. Uh, they fight again, and then it cuts to Rob. They're both like pissed out of their off their face. Rob Pattinson's like kind of sleeping against the uh, door, and Defoe's resting in his lap. It's little cuts like that. It's like yeah. this is just mad. Okay, so I think it's a comedy, a romantic comedy about a codependent relationship, right? Now... <laughs> Eddie's making a face. I know. Do I agree with this? Think of it. That, that's the face you're making, I think. think of it. They meet, they get to know each other, there are revelations, there are betrayals, they break up. That's the film. Okay. Right? I mean, you say break up. Well, obviously it's done through the lens of, of this bizarre horror One movie. of them kills the other. I'm not saying it's, it's not exaggerated. If that's not a breakup, I don't know what is, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um... Yeah, gaslighting. I think that's a big thing in the film. The idea of gaslighting. Mm. Of like, you did this. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Try, they're trying to convince each other that they've done things that the other has done, you know? I think it's about adultery. This is way out there. Like, I'm not saying that the text, this is all borne out necessarily in the text. Okay. This is just my little, like, fan theory, I suppose. Okay. Expose him to fandoms. And he's coming up with theories. <laughs> so this yeah, kind of, I'm, I'm part of the uh, the lighthouse fandom. <laughs> the lighthouse fan, hipster douchebag. Um, oh, they'd be called the wikis as well. They'd they be would the wikis. be. Yeah. They're an old bickering married couple. Uh, does this make you the original wiki? <laughs> I'm trying to imagine yeah. as many lighthouse fans. <laughs> no, that's true. What would the wiki be for the lighthouse? Be the wiki wiki. It would be. <laughs> um, yeah, they're an old bickering married couple. There's that point where Ephraim offends his cooking. And then you have that massive tarot where he's like, Hark, Triton, Hark! And like, uh, you get you even get the pathetic fallacy of the thunder and lightning yeah. happening as he kind of screams. Yeah. He has this massive rant because he's offended his cooking. And that ends with, the, oh, it cuts to a wide shot of Patson on the floor going, all right, have it your way. I like your cooking. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely undercutting the, the like, the... The grandiosity. The grandiosity, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I don't think the text, all of this is necessarily born out in the text, but this is the first film in a long time where I really think it is whatever you want it to be. Whatever structure or framework you're imposing on it, mm-hmm. that's what it is, as far as I'm concerned. I'm thinking about it as a romantic comedy. That's that's what the film is, you know? There's that scene where uh, the, the famous what scene. Yes. Where they're just, what? 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 Just, that's all they're saying. And that builds and builds and builds. And that's all they're saying to each other. Mm. And then Pattinson goes, I oh, see, that's your problem. 
it's like nothing's been said yeah. it's just insanity yeah and that's what this thing it's about like, the there is a scene where he reads um, the log book yeah and well in this modern day and age of people reading each other's phones sort of secretly you can make that comparison oh, I didn't even think of that yeah, yeah that's perfect yeah, yeah. Um, it's about betrayals and mm. it's about transference and not knowing where you end and the other person begins you know mm. did you say that or did I it, a proper codependent relationship yeah obviously it's, it's utterly absurd right here's another little Another little theory. Sorry, well, my body just made the noise. Really nice. <laughs> um, there's kind of an overlap with the witch, right? The witch obviously was, is, like I said, it's his first film. Yeah, it's about um, these these pious religious kind of nut jobs mm. in fundamentalists, I suppose. In uh, what are they? Uh, pilgrims, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they, they. I can't remember what exactly religion they are, but they're traditionalists from England that have moved to America, mm. the New World. And they're cast out of their community, so they have to build, like, a cabin in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Um, and they st- it's about paranoia and seclusion, which obviously The Lighthouse is also about. And they start to think that one of their family, that their daughter is a witch. Yeah. And it's about how this family completely implodes under that paranoia. Now, in The Lighthouse, Pattinson's character says that he used to be a lumberman mm-hmm. working with pine trees. There's kind of like an imaginative aesthetic overlap where, oh, it's the same universe in a way, you know? Uh, the the Eggers-verse. <laughs> um, so there's that that connects it. But yeah. I think, obviously, both are about paranoia, isolation, madness, loss of identity, that sort of thing. In The Witch, mm-hmm. that is expressed as religious dogmatism. It's expressed as superstition. That's the bedrock of the paranoia. Yes. It comes from superstition. In The Lighthouse, I think it's paranoia of adultery. That's my theory. Okay. You've got Willem Dafoe. You can't go in the lighthouse. The light is mine to tend. And obviously, he has this like ecstatic religious response to the light whenever he's up there. And Pat's like, what's yeah, he... Yeah, he gets his dick out. Yeah, what's he yeah. getting up to up there, you know? And obviously, when he first goes up to try and see what's going on, there's this goopy liquid coming through the floorboards. Yeah. Which he sees... Coming as, being the operative word. Yes. Yeah. Which he sees as like a tentacled creature. Yeah. But obviously, it, he's jerking off, right? Yeah. 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 It's about adultery. It's spying on it, you know. Uh, so that's my big theory. Okay. Um, yeah, paranoia, isolation, boredom, madness, loss of identity, to the point where I said this to Jordan. The song that kept playing, like, subconsciously in the back of my mind as I was watching it mm-hmm. is Getting to Know You, Getting to Know All About... I was like, why am I thinking that? Oh, yeah, because it's a, it's a meat cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, all that said... Okay. I think there's nothing to understand in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Even his stomach went, oh. oh. I think trying to like do a Easter egg style excavation of meaning, mm. uh, like, you know, oh, the seagull pops up in this scene, but then it's in this scene. What does it mean? I think you're not meeting the film on the level it's at. It's an experience. It's kind of a hypnotic, mm. trance-like experience. Trying to unpack what it means just isn't... Mm. It's not what it's trying to do. No. It's just presenting you with stuff. Yes. And you kind of take from that what you will. The thing is, some of that stuff is real and some of that stuff is not real. Yeah. Mm. Like the um, the moment where uh, Robert Pattinson kills the seagull. Mm. And Willem Dafoe has previously said, oh, seagulls carry the spirits of dead uh, yeah. seamen. Yeah. It's bad luck to kill. Don't do that. What? <laughs> said seamen. huge to me that he started You with. said coming. You made a joke about coming. Yeah, I know. But that, that was for that. This is okay. a regular point. Right. For okay. anyone who wasn't aware, we are still immature. Oh, we are. Yeah. <laughs> Horrifically. But yes, you said it's bad luck to kill a seagull. Yeah. And then Robert Pattinson 
like really kills a seagull. Yeah, that's funny. Proper. Oh what yeah. Do, yeah. What do you mean? Really kills. He only smashes its like head into <laughs> no, it. Because like, I think initially it's behind. Because he's smashing it over like a a rock or something. Or like he's a, smashing. So he's smashing it on the edge of the water. That's it. Yeah. The because there's a dead like, seagull in there. Yeah. And it's contaminated their water. So yeah, out of frustration, he kind of kills another one. But it's sort of behind it, so you you only see his arm like wailing. You don't actually see the seagull. And then yeah. the camera pans around and you just see this like <laughs> limp seagull yeah. as like pieces of it are flying off. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like it's turning funny. into a pulp. Yeah, that yeah. is funny. Uh, but that, that moment is like, you can look at that. And I think you are kind of supposed to that and go, mm. okay, there's like a non-literal layer that this film is also yeah. operating on. Yeah. It's not just depicting events that are happening. There's also stuff kind of behind that. Well, this thing, it's, it's, it's a myth. The film has a mythic quality. Yes. The, the dialogue pushes it into that. Yeah. And the fact that there's so much maritime mythology in there. Yes. It's a myth. It's like it, it would be if like the era of Greek gods was replaced by 1890s. Yes. That would be a myth that we would all know. You know, the myth of the, of the two lighthouse keepers. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. Because also you've got that scene. And then what I quite like is the, the end scene for Pattinson. It's obviously just him laying out. Yeah. That, that's a tabloid Oh yeah. By the bird. yeah, yeah. Who's the? Um, there is a Greek parallel. No, no. I don't think it's a deliberate parallel. It's just mm-hmm. that there is like a Greek story where someone's being eaten by birds, isn't there? That sounds right. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't tell. Who's it? Dug all about Greece. Are you thinking of like Neptune or something? No, like it's not Apollo. Okay, it's not Apollo. Isn't there someone? Because they reference it in God of War, where like you go oh, into no. this environment and there's like someone being eaten by birds. Yeah, but no, now you. Yeah, now you're saying that. Yeah. Fraternity. Like yes. For yeah. yeah, I'm not sure who. Okay. But yeah, okay, I never made that uh, connection. Okay. Again, don't know if that's deliberate. It's just the. Well, this know. thing, it's just it's kind of throwing stuff at you, isn't it? It's yeah. just throw it's throwing the book of of maritime mythology at the screen. Yeah. And you can extract from that what you will. Mm. Um, obviously, the aspect ratio and the kind of duochrome presentation reinforce that sense of entrapment. Duochrome because well, it's black and white, isn't it? Okay. But monochrome is black and white, though, isn't it? But it's not, though, is it? Because monochrome, strictly speaking, monochrome literally means one colour. Well, no, because if it was, like... I, I know that it means know, black and white. An empty screen is black, so yeah. if you if the only other colour present is white, yes. then surely you've added one colour, therefore it's monochrome. Right? If you've added one to one, it's two. No, but the colour... Black is, is not a colour. Oh, let's not get into that. Let's not get into no, that. No, it literally is. An empty let's screen is black. That. I know, right? let's not get into that, whether black is a colour or not. I'm okay. just not, not prepared for that level of... of abstraction right um i like the fact that he's prepared for that level of abstraction he's been yeah after you've just fucking like oh the lighthouse is a romantic comedy because xyz and you're like oh yeah i know now you're like i'm not willing to have a discussion well because neither of us are going to be proven right or wrong are we yes i know we have no need to be the deciding (laughs) votes i know the black is the i'm not joining that conversation (laughs) right listen Let's solve this once you, and you, for all. You wouldn't fucking say whether um, bacon or sausage yeah, is, like is like the heart of a cooked breakfast. This is like the fucking thing. Either, no, no, that's why. why. This is the full English thing all over again. Yeah. Right. Yes. Technically, black is the absence of colour. In the same However, way. However, colloquially, yeah. everyone knows black is a fucking colour. Well, no, because how are you supposed to categorize? It's like with zero, isn't it? Zero isn't a number. It's the absence of a number yes I know yes you can't like but colloquially you can't have like a subcategory of numbers for the absence of numbers because it would just be zero in the same way that you can't have oh there's colours and there's blah 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 and the only blah 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 is black what's black then it's the absence of colour what is it though it's just the absence of colour but what is it I've just told you but what what is is it what is it what is it it's something it's not something yeah so what is it it's not something but 
It still has to I be. I don't a know thing. what you're asking me, Sam. What is it? What is it? What's black? It's the What's absence this? of colour. That laptop yeah. that looks black. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just the absence of colour. Yeah. Right. Colloquially Because all light is it all light gets reflected of black? Yes, because white sucks in all light. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So all light is being reflected off that. Yeah. Therefore there is no this light is, on that laptop. This isn't a scientific argument. Okay. Right? Colloquially. Yeah. Everyone acknowledges the black is a colour. Okay. Right? Right. We do agree? Yes. Right. That's it. But they're colloquially. They're not wrong in the sense that it's related to colour. Right, how? So if I said what colour if we weren't having this conversation and okay. I'd say what colour is this, would you say it is colourless? It is the absence of colour. No, it's not colourless, because colourless is something else entirely. Okay. <laughs> if I said what colour is this, would you say it's the absence of colour? No, I'd say it's black. Right. Even though you'd be wrong. Because I just asked you what colour it is. No, but that's it. We're using a shorthand there. But that's we? what colloquially means. Is this all because you don't know what colloquially means? No, it's not. I know what colloquially <laughs> okay. means. But the problem, I don't know what the argument, because your argument, are you agreeing with me that it's not a colour? Yeah. Okay. I know. Why do we just have this argument if we're both on the same side? Because I was saying colloquially and you were saying, yeah, but it's not a colour. It didn't start, right. It didn't start that way, right? All I'm going to say Colloquially is... Colloquially was introduced no, no, halfway started, through. It started by me saying duochrome, and you saying, no, it is monochrome, because you're just adding white to the thing. Yeah. And then I said, no, yeah, but colloquially, yeah. it's two colours. And then you say, no, it's one colour to another thing. Was I that true? Rewind the tape, Eddie. Was that true? Well, well listeners, you'll know. No, can I just say, yeah. I would, I really would love to see him... The only person actor that comes to mind is Mahershala Ali. Say that black is not a colour to him. Because that would be really funny. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were just an absence. Because so. <laughs> you've said the sentence, black is not a colour, at least ten times in the last yeah, few minutes. Yeah, but we all know what you have, you know. I think we know what the podcast just, is called now. <laughs> yeah. Jordan the Closet Racist. <laughs> well, they are called people of colour. They call it these, yeah. they call people of colour. <laughs> that kind of, yeah. yeah. They're people of colour, there you okay. go. So black is a colour. Yeah, but they're not the only people of colour, are they? No, but but when you say people of yeah. colour, you think black people. You have people. Mexicans, you have... You do. You have Asians, yeah. you have people of colour. But when I say people of colour, you think black people, don't you? Well, I suppose, but that's I think that's more just a cultural thing. It's because... I don't know. think... Well, I think the kind of people who use the, the, the use that phrase, people of colour, yeah. mean black people, typically. Okay. Right? 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 Is that what's happening? That's that, Yeah, I don't know what's happening now. Okay. Well, that's done. Um... <laughs> Okay, the monochrome slash duochrome uh, presentation. Oh, that was amazing. If you type, right, I'm going to type oh, monochrome. For fuck's sake. Into Google right now, okay? Monochrome. I'm getting a glass of water. That is a series of black and white images. Yes, I know. And if you rewind the tape, you will hear me saying that literally, but you don't let me finish the point. Okay. Obviously, literally speaking, monochrome is one colour. That's yes. what it means. And I was saying colloquially. colloquially yes. It's two. But surely colloquially, colloquially, monochrome is correct, because what I was saying, and what Wiki, well, not what I'm saying, what Wikipedia is saying, that it only reflects shades of colours and hues. It doesn't reflect actual colours. Right. Meaning that you're, it's only reflecting one colour, so you're going to have... Right, hang on, hang on. You're going right. to have... If it's tell, reflecting tell me what hues, we're arguing about now. Tell, if me, what, if we, if, tell if, me what we're arguing about. If it's about. reflecting hues, yeah. it's reflecting, like, intensities of light. It's not reflecting colour. Right. So, obviously, the most intense is going to be white, and yes. the less intense is going to be black. Right. So, even though it's only reflecting one colour, you're yeah. seeing black and white. Right. What are we arguing about here? That monochrome is the correct term. You, you're, you're inventing duochrome. Yes. Which is, you're coming from the right place. Your heart's in the right place. I'll give you that. Oh, right. Thank you. Patronising. <laughs> yeah. But monochrome is a thing and it's black and white. Yes, I know. Yeah. I know. 
When I threw out a duochrome, that wasn't me stating we must get rid of monochrome. Like, like if you were like, duochrome is the correct exp- no duochrome. That, be, was, that was me being playful. Duochrome, duochrome would be black and like an like a, a diff, like red. And or another color. Red That's what you were going to say then, wasn't it? They'd be like you red or black and another color. Because what are they called? What's the term for it? I'm so done with this conversation. Is it deers? They only see like red, green. Deer. Deer. Idiot. <laughs> they have animals like that. They're, they're, they're duo... Not duo didactic. That's something else entirely. But we see like red, green, and blue. Right. Whereas deers only see like red and blue or red and green or right. something. And it's duo something because it's two colors. Right. If they only saw in black and white, they'd be mono whatever. Right. What are we arguing? The monochrome is correct. Duochrome doesn't need to be invented because monochrome serves the function right. of defining it correctly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Duochrome was a flippant, playful, eh, it's black and white. Yes. Two colours. Duochrome. Yeah. That you just completely bulldozed. Okay. For no reason when we didn't even disagree. Well, you're wrong. What am I wrong about? <laughs> what am I wrong about? It's like saying, oh, that joke is wrong. Yeah. A joke can't be wrong. Well, you know. That, oh, that joke is not literally true. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> God, you know, this is why he doesn't get invited to parties, see? That's so true. There are, there are many other reasons, <laughs> many other reasons that I don't get invited to parties. Fucking hell. And yes. also, jokes are subjective. Jokes are subjective. <laughs> yes. Duochrome was a redundant term. Sorry, world. <laughs> Fuck's sake. It's fine. I think out of this one, you're coming out on the right side. He just told people black wasn't a colour. Uh, well, that's the thing, because like, he's, he's technically correct. That's the yes. But he's just, he's just party pooper, do you know what I mean? It kills all the fun. Anyway, I'm trying to have duochrome fun over here, and he's fucking poking holes in it. No, no, this is different now. Okay. The person who was eaten by birds is Prometheus. Is that that's said in the film? I think it? it is, yeah. Yeah, is Prometheus invoked in the film? Uh, for his crimes, Prometheus is punished by Zeus, who bound him in chains and sent an eagle to eat Promethe- Prometheus's immortal liver each day, which grew back every night. So for all eternity, he's being eaten by, eaten by an eagle. I don't know whether... That's a shit life. I don't know oh, whether I've good, just yeah. seen something recently that included the word Promethean or Prometheus. What, is it the lighthouse? It would make sense, obviously. It feels appropriate. But would they be that kind of on the nose about their... Reference. Um, well, I mean, it's not said in that scene, is it? No, no. It would be said earlier in the film, and then it's something that as an audience member you're supposed to go, oh, I see the connection there. Yeah, so basically he, he kills the foe. Yeah. And but now he's being punished for it. Essentially. Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, Eaten by the seagulls that he... Well, he slaughtered the seagull, and now yeah. the seagulls are eating him. That kind of... Because we have a um, contentious relationship with seagulls, don't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're not fantasy. It's the same with cats. Yeah. Why, um, why are you not fans with seagulls? Oh, they're just, they know something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they know something that we don't. I mean, they mock you. An animal just laughs in your face. <laughs> you know the, um, whatever. <laughs> Seagulls, they know something. <laughs> yeah, is it, um, Rick's, no, Morty's Mind Blowers, that episode of Rick and Morty where it, they reveal that, like, squirrels, are, uh, they run the world. It's <laughs> seagulls. I, 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 mean, I, haven't, I haven't seen Rick Yeah, it's not squirrels, it's seagulls. Seagulls are, like, you know, secretly running everything. Oh, yeah. 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 And they're just, well, I was going to say they're vultures. <laughs> that doesn't that make sense. Um, I got a raise the head vibes from the lighthouse. Yes. Got, yeah. But um, uh, similar like approach, but mm. I think you said uh, a razor head is industrial. This is nautical. Yes. So the, yeah. the, the, the subject is different, but it's a similar Yeah, yeah like that sense of claustrophobic tension through the use of a soundscape. Yeah. And comedy mixed in with the horror. Yeah. Unquote. I, I mean, think it's, all... it's difficult because like comedy and horror... 
are sort of close bedfellows anyway. They are indeed. They're the, the, the only two genres where they're like their primary function is to elicit a very specific emotion from you. Well, also, yes. I mean, horror done badly is instantly comical. Yes. That's, yeah, it is very... Though comedy done bad isn't always um, no, horrific. It, it is, but like not in the same, not in that yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yes. The, and horror, even done well, that kind of is too bizarre or too absurd. It just becomes funny. Yes. And yeah, it's it's a delicate balance. I think a thing operating at its highest level manages to do both well. Okay. So yes, The Lighthouse, which I think is funny mm. and kind of horrific. Yeah. There's no higher accomplishment that a director can do than marry the marrying those two comedy. Things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the same and, and, it, and it's sort of sort of being clear which one you're supposed to be feeling at any moment. Yeah, or not. Or not. Like, no, no, I don't, well, yeah. yeah. Like, like when you said um, that Willem Dafoe farting kind of broke the frame for you slightly. Yes. Where you were like, am I supposed to find this funny? Yeah. I think that's definitely what the film wants is you oh, to go, yeah. how am I supposed to be reacting to this? Yes. You know? Yeah. And it's okay to but not in the same way that we're like, how am I supposed to react to cats? Like it's it's it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's intentional, the like confusion of as to how you should feel. Yeah. yeah. Uh it's the same for me with um I mean we talked about being fans of films that are like mystery boxes. Mm. This is definitely one of those. But all it's the same thing with music. For me, music is operating at its highest when it's evincing an emotional response from me, mm-hmm. but can also have a sense of humour in its lyrics. Yeah. The Smiths, for example. I think they're funny. And I think they're they're intending to be funny as well, um, but also yeah, you get a proper emotional. Anyway, yeah. So do you want, do you want to throw us an, an example of the Smiths being funny? Um, right, let me think. If a double duck bus crashes into us, to die by your side would be such a heavenly way to die. That's funny. Okay, why? Because well, okay, God, we're really going deep on this one <laughs> because it marries the sacred and the profane, doesn't it? Oh, okay. it's about like oh, to die by your side. But it it says double decker bus. It's like something so mundane and everyday. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Is it the same double decker bus you hijacked in your dream? Am I? Am I no, that was a, a single. <gasps> Did you kill bus. the Smiths? I killed the Smiths. Oh my god. Um. Yes. Be being kind of very uh, kind of grandiose and over romantic is funny. And well, you said um, when we were talking about how Stephen Fry. Like conduct himself at the BAFTAs. Yes. Like he's so sycophantic almost, and how so like you know. Yeah. Oh, you're so great. You're wonderful. You're this and that. That yeah. it becomes almost parody. Yes. When the leather runs smooth on the passenger seat. That these things they're so precise hmm. that it, it does it, it it has that twin effect of endearing it, endearing you to it emotionally and finding it a bit silly. Okay. And that's thing. Yeah, that's something operating at its highest level. Yeah, I was never disturbed. You said that the mermaid is the one time you were... Yeah, I was compelled to look away when she sort of... Because I was also operating on the assumption that, okay, this is going to become a horror film at some point. Yeah. This is clearly the moment it's going to become a horror film. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here when it gets scary. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's a disturbing moment, but I, I think it's the it's the strongest disturbing moment in the film. Well, it's kind of a, kind of the closest it gets to a jump, really, isn't it? That as well. Yeah. Yes, because, again, because she's moving to the camera, you don't know if she's going to scream at you or whether she's going to, like become like a monster yeah like she's gonna grow like teeth and fangs or whatever yeah you don't know what's gonna happen and that's what's scary is like okay what is she it's gonna jarring do? yeah yeah that, that's a good another great achievement when you can make someone jump purely through visuals and not sound. yeah yeah also the when he bring gets the was it the other wiki out of the water mm. whether real or not yeah the image like the, the eye and everything yeah that's just i think the the other image and we were talking about because kermode alludes to 
Uh, we bring up Kim a lot on this. We do. Alludes uh, to you it. Say we, I think you bring up Kim a lot. He's the competition. Uh, he alludes to a, an image, and yes. we can figure out what that was. And it's the image of Defoe uh, when he becomes the lighthouse, and he's kind of shining the light at Pattinson. Remember oh, that? yes. Yeah, okay. And he's naked, which is a very, like, Greek statuesque yeah. image, thinking about it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't think I was creeped out that much because of its ridiculousness. Okay. Because I was finding it funny, mm. I could never really get freaked out by it. Yeah. That's fair enough. I, yeah. yeah. It did resonate in another way, though. So... You want to be a wiki? I want to be a wiki. <laughs> I have a recurring type of dream where, like, I think it's because of my meds, <laughs> um, <laughs> where I feel like I'm trudging through treacle. Like, I, I can't move as quickly as I want to. I yeah, want to get over there, but I can't, like, get there. That'll be the meds. Yeah, and I just feel really drunk and like I've lost mm. something. And I don't know who I am, where I am, how much time has passed, when I am. And I think the film does capture that. Mm. Do you agree? Yeah. First, yeah. Um, there's that thing with Defoe says, have we been here five weeks, two days? Like they just have no idea yeah. how much time has passed. Robert Eggers said in an interview, he was asked like, what would you change about it? And he said, oh, I wouldn't lose anything, but uh, it could be 10 minutes shorter. I was like, that's my kind of director. Because <laughs> yeah. the film's only like hour 49. Yeah. yeah. Basically, I'm just happy that there's room for films like The Lighthouse. Yes. Yeah. The films like that can exist. And it's nice that, um, obviously it's not on everyone's radar in the same way that like Parasite is on people's radar. No. I'm talking pre-Oscars now. Yeah. But it is nice that people were saying like, oh, The Lighthouse should have been the 10th nominee. Yeah. That it feels like that was kind of a snub that The Lighthouse didn't get mm. a Best Picture nod. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's not that Defoe didn't get an odd. Yeah, that is the biggest number. Yeah, that, that definitely. Yeah. And I've just realised that we're supposed to uh, talk about the cinematography now because I said we discussed uh, it. Ah, yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's so, like, the, I don't know, like, what the um, uh, the image quality is. I don't know if it's, like, 4K, mm. 6K, 8K. It's so sharp. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It, it could be... Um, down to the performances as well, but like when Robert Pattinson is sort of one of the many moments he's complaining about Willem Dafoe mm. to Willem Dafoe, and he says, "You just reek of like you know piss and jism, and you can almost smell it." You know, it's vivid. It's yeah. so vivid, yeah. and the image is so sharp, and it's yeah. such a you know the cinematography itself, as mm. in like the shot composition, and it's great. But yeah, there's something so tangible. Tangible. That's what I was. It's such use, a yeah. salty tasting film. Yeah, you know, it is. you can taste the sea salt. And you do, even if it's not necessarily uh, disturbing images, there are things that stay with you. The, the, the image that I always think of is that shot of him in the water going through the timber to find yes. that like, close-up of him. Mm. The lighting, it, it, it really looks like an old horror movie. Yeah, mm. it really does. Genuine. Like, a lot of films try that where they try and evoke an older yeah. like, 80s horror movie. Or, this really does feel like, if I didn't know those actors were contemporary, yeah. this could have been made like decades ago. yes and it's and, and, it, and it does it because you have instances where people will do that as kind of a almost like a cost cutting measure mm. it's like oh if we make it look like an older film we don't have to put as much effort in yeah and we can account for our lack of technology this doesn't feel like that it feels oh, like no. a very it deliberate stylistic choice 8 or 8 and 9k 8 and 9k okay which I think is maybe higher resolution than old film stock I think old film stock mm. is like mm. 6k 35mm yeah. now yeah yeah, yeah 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 well it was shot on a 35mm yeah. Well, then they they shot using three different types yes. of lenses. Didn't yeah, they? they did. Yeah. Well, last thing he said it was a fucking nightmare because yeah. you had to kind of align those three different visual styles. Yeah. Um, but he he says that it, it says here that they used eight and nine K, um, but they used had to use it throughout the day because natural light just wasn't good enough. Yeah. So no, this wasn't a shortcut. This was a 
imposing complication. Yes. To get was. a more kind of, yeah, a better film out of it. Yeah. And a better film we got. And a better film we got. Yes. It's very good. Um, if you're into weird shit, oh, seek fuck it out. Oh, it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Is that the lighthouse? It is. Okay. Right. George. Yeah. Bombshell. More like bomb. Shut up. I don't know. <laughs> Should I try that again? I don't know what to say. Bomb shit. Bomb shit. Yeah. yeah. Bombshell, more like bomb shit. <laughs> bomb, <laughs> bomb shit. Uh, I just, I want, I've been sitting on this joke for fucking years. <laughs> Bombshell is similar to cats because both are about the exhibition of pussies to ascend. There we go. Yes. God, I've been sitting on that one for <laughs> fucking years. <laughs> right. Bombshell. Deconstruct it for us, Eddie. What's it about? Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Are we... Spoiler alert, none of us like it. No. Are we in the minority? I don't know. I, okay. I want to say I don't no, think so. We're, we're not in the... Because it won makeup? Yes. At the Oscars? Makeup and hairstyling. Uh, Margot Robbie was nominated. I think Theron yeah. was nominated. Nice. We had a couple of nominations at the Oscars. Yes. Yeah. Margot Robbie is the best thing about it. I would agree. Yes. But it's Margot Robbie, so it's, you know, it's hardly a compliment of the mm-hmm. film. She just is usually the best thing in, one of the best things in anything mm-hmm. she's in. Um, yeah, that's true. Bombshell is based on the accounts of several women at Fox News who set out to expose Roger Ailes for sexual harassment. Have you read that? Yes, I have. <laughs> okay. I've got a Wikipedia article. Because you don't remember the film or because you don't want to dedicate brain cells to trying to... Give you a better thing? Yeah. That's exactly why. Okay. <laughs> I'm really bored of the... I'm really bored. Let's leave it that. <laughs> I, I, I'm really... I, I was really bored watching it. I'm really bored of the breaking the fourth wall shtick in films. Mm. Of them uh, doing the House of Cards thing. Yeah. Because uh, we, we we talked about it before. It's more of a big short thing, though, in this case. But it? that's the thing. It's not because... Yeah, we had a conversation where we kind of traced it back to that. Yeah. But The Wolf of Wall Street predates that. It does. And I think maybe yeah. that is the thing. Okay. The, re-kickstarted it, you know? Yeah, it's not like it's the first time it was It kind of works in The Wolf of Wall Street to an extent. Kind of. I mean, The Wolf of Wall Street is so long, you kind of need someone to occasionally yeah, go, yeah. all right, this is where we're at. This yeah. is what's happening. But it feels just like a, a trick. A screenwriting trick. You can't just have the main character fucking explain the things at you. Yeah. You need to do that in the drama, you know? Do they do that once the film gets going, or is that just an exercise in exposition at the beginning? It's an exercise in exposition, isn't it? And then it just kind of stops, I think, okay. as far as I remember. I can't remember. Yeah. Because I don't know whether that's better or worse. Because on the. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the, the big short, very quick, it makes sense because the whole kind of sort of point of that film is trying to explain an incredibly difficult concept. And so it sort of makes sense that they tie in Margot Robbie because she's in the big short, isn't she? Yes. Um, well, that's what I mean. Like doing things like that, the kind of. The joke is, oh, this will get your attention. Hmm. And that we can explain it to you because we're giving you this. Yes, that makes sense to me. It's mm. it's it's sort of like a condescending, like oh, we'll make it like children's TV where they just like explain it to you. Yeah, um, I get that. It were it's sort of a joke in a way. Otherwise, well, I was going to say I don't know whether it's better or worse because on the one hand, that's not something that's not a gimmick the film sticks with. So it's not like yeah. every ten minutes you're like, oh great, I got to you know ram out of the film again. Yeah, yeah, um, more than I was already. Yeah, but also. If you're going to employ like a non-diegetic tool, I suppose, in your script, you should kind of stick with it. It's like an action film, isn't it? When uh, there's voiceover from the main character at the beginning and the end, and Mm. then the rest of the film, there's nothing like that. 
yeah, if you're going to have such a kind of dimension-shattering format, yeah, stick to it. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, it doesn't push it as far as, like, Wolf of Wall Street or The Big Short. Because doesn't Margot Robbie play herself in The Big Short? Yeah. It's like, okay, we're, we've completely left the reality of this film now. Yeah, yeah, we're just going to have her in a bathtub explaining Yeah, to this yeah. Is just has no place in anything that we anything else we're doing. Yeah. Whereas The Big Short, it's like, oh no, we're still the characters and we're still in the locations How? and in the scene. In Bombshell. In Bombshell, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're still like, we're still in the reality of the film. We're just talking yeah. to you. Yes. It's a bit like, well, you know, if you're not even going to push it that far, then surely you could have just written it better and just reveal all of this stuff through the story, you know? Yeah. Spotlight. Spotlight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How much easier would it have been for the screenwriters to go, oh, thank fuck, we can just have Mark Ruffalo explain the background to you by looking at the camera and... <laughs> yes. Yeah, anyone, uh, can, anyone can fucking do that. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have liked it as much there. No, well, no, exactly. But like, that that's what the news is. Yeah. I don't want to watch the news. I want to watch a film. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to watch a film about Fox News, to be honest. Well, I'd happily watch a film about Fox News, but this is one of the big problems with it, isn't it? Are these the people to make a film yeah, about this, Fox News? This film clearly hates Fox News. Which is fine. Like, that, that's their position. But yeah. you can't... I don't know. I'm not saying the film about Fox News should have been made by conservatives. That would have been another problem. Yeah. But there's not enough impartiality. No. I mean, okay. Should this film ha- should this film hate Fox News? No, the film should hate Roger Ailes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which it does. Which it does. Yeah. But yeah, the re- like if the film isn't ragging on uh Roger Ailes and how terrible mm. he is, yeah. it's having a po- it's poking up Fox News. Mm. You have like Yeah. What's her face? She was in or well, she was in Ghostbusters with uh McKinnon, Kate McKinnon. Kate, Kate McKinnon. Yeah. You have her character who's like she's um democratic and she's yeah. a lesbian, yeah. but she works at Fox News because nowhere else will take you if yeah. you go to Fox News. It's that, a prison. You that's know? the irritating thing. It's like, you have to at least credit the, a lot of the people who work there with the fact that they want to work there. They might be conservatives. That's why they want to work at Fox News. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the case, and I'm sure there are people who work there that would like to move and that sort of thing. Yeah. But it kind of, it, it can't extend any generosity towards it at all. No. It has to... It obviously wants to be a, a female empowerment story. Yeah. And to do that, it has to distance those women from the fact they work at Fox News and says, oh, but no one really wants... If, if you're good in this film, you don't really want to work at Fox News. Yeah. It's a compromise. You're just kind of trapped. Yeah. And it's just nonsense. They contradict at the end of the film. Because when Megyn Kelly is ringing up people to be like, hey, have you, like, do you know anything about yeah, this yeah, Roger yeah. Ailes nonsense? Or this Roger Ailes business, yeah. I should say. Because um, are we all in agreement that it probably happened? Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, it is still speculative. I think. Oh no, the I don't. Is, I, yeah, no, no, I, not speculative. But the film is like the film has said it's about the accusations as opposed to yeah, it's yeah. about what he did. Yeah, yeah. I don't deny. I'm fully willing to. Yeah, believe I believe Katie. it as well. Yeah, mm. uh, but yeah, when she rings up one of the anchors who worked at Fox News and it comes up on screen saying that she's an anchor for CNN, so you can leave Fox News then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Totally contradicts itself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think not only. Yeah, it's the film clearly made by people who hate Fox News. It's yeah. also just, there's not not enough time has passed. That as well. I it mean, how recently distance. did he die? He died 2017. Because I think they announced pretty soon after he died that they were going to do this. They would have jumped on it. Yeah. He's dead. Right. You can't libel the dead. Yeah. We'll get on it, you know? It doesn't have the detachment, uh, either temporally or ideologically, to earn itself the credentials of, you know, being the people to make the film. This ties back slightly to the point we made... Uh, the point I made in Marriage Story where, mm. you know, 
um, when you have a film that's all screenplay and people in rooms, why is it not a theatre piece? Right. If this film was just to kind of shed light on the event, yeah. why was it not a documentary? Why did it have to be yeah. a fiction A documentary film? would have been better. The best, genuinely, the best parts of the film, the film, the parts of the film that kind of engaged me the most were the moments where it kind of became a documentary. There's that moment mm. where they have the accounts of the six, I think it was the first six women to come forward. Mm. And it just has their picture and like audio of them explaining what he did to them. Yeah. And that's straight out of a documentary. Yeah. And that's the one moment in the film where I was kind of like, okay, I see the value of this. Yes. In terms of just a piece of fiction. I don't feel like it does a great job of... I, I can only surmise the part of that is that if they made a documentary that requires genuine ob- objectivity, yeah. they couldn't. They could never hide behind, oh yeah, but this bit was an artistic contrivance. Or okay. this bit was, we would take an artistic license. Yes. Which they can do with this. Like, oh yeah, you know, we're not saying this is literally yeah. what happened, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't see why, you know. It, it does, it, to me, it did feel like, oh, we'll make it a piece of fiction. Mm. Because people will see that instead of a documentary, mm. you know. And also, yeah. it'll get better a chance at awards nods. Yes. You can't nominate uh, Megan... Not Megan. Charlotte, Charlize Theron. Yeah. The best actress if she's in the documentary. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so obviously she plays Megan Kelly. Nicole Kidman yes. plays... Uh, her name is... Gretchen Carson. Gretchen Carson. Margot Robbie, I think, is a, a fiction, but like, you know, a, a facsimile of What's loads of different people. What's her stupid, stupid name? This is the annoying Kayla Popsipil. 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 If you're going to make up a character, don't call her Kayla Pospisil. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Pospisil. <laughs> oh, We'll say, I'm just, because of the yeah. again, I've got the article up. Even Megan Kelly has criticisms of it. Yeah, of course she does, yeah. Well, isn't her criticism that the film is too kind to Roger Ailes? Yes. Yeah, but, but yeah because she uploaded like a 30-minute YouTube video. It's like a roundtable discussion of her with all of the her uh, with like a bunch right, yeah. Her with a bunch of people. And yeah, they obviously had criticisms, and the main criticism was that they let him off too easily. That's interesting, because one of my criticisms of the film, obviously I have no idea what went down, how it went down, that sort of thing. It's the presentation of Roger Ailes as a pantomime villain. I'm no doubt that he's a fucking wretched scumbag. Yeah. Mm. But the way he comes across, this is all predicated on I don't know, but, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but, like, obviously the, the makeup just makes him look like Jabba the Hutt. Yes. Which Roger Ailes, you know, was, he was a rotund chap. Yes, he was. Saggy rotund, but still. And just John Lithgow plays him with this, like, heavy breathing, like, lift up your skirt. <laughs> yeah. And it just feels like, real um, abuse of power and sexual harassment. Mm. I don't know. Again, I'll check my privilege. It feels like it would be more insidious than that. Yeah. I think it's more that we're kind of looking at it from the, from the perspective of people who watch films. Yeah. You know, I, my mum works in mental health and she saw Joker and I kind of asked her about the film because mm. I was curious to see if uh, the film held up better when you're looking at it from that perspective. Right. As the perspective from the perspective of someone who watches films yeah because as people who watch films we see whacking phoenix dancing and we go oh that's just a cheap weird mm. way of making it look like he's crazy it's crazy man to which mum she said well it's a possibility like right. it ma- like conditions like this manifest in different ways mm. people have like different ticks that kind of yeah express it yeah, yeah and maybe for him that was one of his ticks was kind of dancing not the fridge, though. Not the fridge. No, the fridge is just yeah. <laughs> no, but he did. Whacking Phoenix did come up with it on set. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think we said in the discussion, wasn't it, that a lot of like the interesting parts of that character were probably Whacking Phoenix riffing than Todd Phillips's directing or yeah. whatever came from the script. And yet somehow he got an Oscar nomination for direct. Yeah, well, he didn't win. That's the main. 
That's the main thing. Oh, God, no. I don't feel like Bong Joon-ho had to thank him or whatever no. he said to him in his speech. Like, the other three, fair enough, but yes. Todd Phillips, you can just kind of go, and also Todd Phillips, and then carry on. But I yeah, just, so, like, in terms of Roger Ailes, yes. we're looking at the perspective from people who watch films, and we see a film that is trying way too hard yeah. to make this guy seem, like, both intimidating, in the sense that he's, like, the the the, the famous mm. scene with Margot Robbie, where she's in the room and she does the twirl, the famous twirl, yeah. which I think in that roundtable discussion... They all confirm that's, they all exactly, confirm what that's exactly what happens. I buy yeah. that. Yeah, and then yeah. Roger Ailes would kind of, like, you know, lift up your skirts, and mm. then she has to keep going higher and higher and higher. We see that and we go, okay, the film is trying to make him seem intimidating. Yeah. But then also, like, he's, with, he's got, like, a Zimmer frame and he can barely move, so mm. it's also trying to make him seem pathetic. Well, he is, like, he's totally irredeemable. The yeah. film has no kindness towards him. I'm not saying yeah. it should. No, but that's the thing. Like, it, like nothing. Yeah, and I'm sure as, as someone who was, uh, who had to go through the experience mm. of being abused by Roger Rails, yeah. you want the film to paint him as, you know, as yeah. insidious as possible. Yeah, yeah. But as people on the outside and as people who do believe that this happened, mm. we see this depiction of Roger Ailes going, yeah, I don't buy that. We also see it through the prism of uh, people who are never subject to any kind of sexual harassment. There is that as well. Um, but then only, again... <laughs> if only someone would sexually someone, harass me. Yeah. I speak for yourself, thank you very much. Uh, but also, you said about um, it not seeing realistic, mm. that kind of sexual abuse. Mm. There's a moment in the film where... There's like a guy and a woman in like a they're having like a luncheon meeting. Mm. It's the two of them going to lunch. And he gives her like this prestigious job. Um and she's like, Oh thank you, thank you so much. And he's like, um and then he starts to kind of imply like, Oh, you know, I um Yeah, I was just like, you know, because you've got this job, I I thought you you find a way of showing your gratitude or something like that. Mm. And then she starts to realize. Well, she's smiling, but then you kind of hear her in a monologue where she clocks what's happening and then yeah. she's like, Okay, just play dumb and she's going Oh, what do you mean by that? And he's like, oh, I'd really like to see your hotel room. She's like, do you not... Whatever she says in response yeah, yeah. to that. That feels better. That feels how reality works. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice seeing it from the woman's perspective yeah. as well, because you're like, okay, I, I can understand the mechanics of the situation unfolding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she just keeps um, like pretending not to know what's happening. Mm. So eventually the guy kind of gives up and goes, oh, I'm sorry, there's been like a huge misunderstanding. Yeah. You know? Yes. Well, I, yes, I imagine in this line... Of like that sort of thing. Mm. There are very few people that just turn around to a woman and go, "Yeah, I'm going to sexually abuse you now." <laughs> I guess I want you to suck my dick. Yeah, yeah, You're I'm gonna do it whether you I'm like sure it or not. there are there are examples of that, but yeah, it just feels like in, in re- even if you're the kind of person that would do something like that, you would still kind of be a bit reluctant about it. Yeah, yeah. and I suppose you... in defense of Bombshell, there's never a moment where Roger Ailes goes, "Okay, now suck my dick." No, like no, the Margot no. Robbie, like having to show her underwear to him. Mm. That's kind of the most explicit the film ever gets. Yeah. <laughs> Let me be completely inappropriate then. Okay, go on. <laughs> I already know I already know what you're gonna say, but yeah, go on. If you're gonna have that scene in the film <laughs> and you want us to get on side, choose a fuck ugly actress, because I wanna see Margot Robbie's underwear. I'm with I, I'm with Roger Ailes. <laughs> Yeah, already, that's right. That's right. Margot, twirl, her? twirl. Well, we've already yeah, seen her body in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's not like I never want to see it again. No, even Leonardo DiCaprio could only last ten seconds. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And in fairness, I would rather see her body in the context of when we see it in Wolf of Wall Street than in Bombshell. Oh yeah, I, 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 don't get me wrong. Yeah, but you choose Nicole Kidman or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah. She fucking irritated oh, me in yeah, this she film. Is, she is irritating. Yeah. Based on Megyn Kelly's, well, I did it again. Based on Charlize. 
Charlize Theron's portrayal of Megan Kelly. Mm. She seems to really be trying to make it true to yeah. the real Megan Kelly. Like they've made her kind of look like her. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she's it. like clearly doing an impression of her. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if the way I felt about Nicole Kidman is a function of the real life person mm. or Nicole Kidman's performance. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not that familiar. I've seen a lot more Megan Kelly than Gretchen Carlson. I didn't even know who uh, Gretchen Carlson was. Okay. So yeah, I have, um, no, I have no frame of reference for yeah. that actor, that person. The Charlize Theron thing was a problem for me. Okay. Uh, the way they tried to make her look like Megan Kelly. Mm. She never looked like Megan Kelly, like really. It's like know. they got so far and then stopped. It looks like a mutant hybrid of Charlie Theron and Megan Kelly, and yeah. I could never get over it. Every time she's on, I never adjust like cats. I never adjusted to the way. I think I would have been looked. okay had they not spliced her into existing footage with Trump. Yeah, you yeah. know, famous things that everyone has seen, like the the Hillary Trump debate. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the same debate where he goes, "You should be in jail." Yeah, the Hillary. <laughs> And so. then, like the, the the interview she conducted with him later on, yeah. where they're like in a room. Um, if if I hadn't seen that, where okay, this is clearly supposed to be Megyn Kelly. I've mm. seen Megyn Kelly in this exact situation. Yeah, I might have been able to buy it a bit more. Yeah, but I think that was that was the film being overly confident. It's like, oh, she's clearly Megyn Kelly. Yeah, so we can just replace her outright. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's better than what they did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where. Well, they actually show Sharon Tate when the film's playing in the theater. Yeah, that was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah shite. I, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say anything nice about this film other than Margot Robbie's decent in it. Yeah, yeah. But being the best thing in a bad film, yeah, which is ooh, me too, me too, can mm-hmm. just fuck off. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> it's Kate McKinnon. I'm so annoyed that she's in it. <laughs> yeah. Of course she's in it. Yeah, but well, that's yeah, what I mean. Talk, talk about not being detached. You put Kate McKinnon in that film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to get like an objective reporting of what happened? But I mean, we've already said that um, her whole thing about, oh, if you work at Fox, that's the end of your career. And then you have the CNN mm. X Fox news anchor, which is kind of a contradiction. Yeah. But I don't know, like her function in the film, Kate McKinnon now, seems to just be like, like Margot Robbie's in trouble and she's struggling and she's like becoming a victim. And Kate McKinnon's role just seems to be like, Oh, I really want to help you, but I can't. Yeah, she's supposed to represent all the people that kind of don't speak up. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that just makes her thoroughly unlikable. It does. Yeah. It's it like, does. oh, you're just not going to help her. Yeah. You yeah. just like, oh, you, you care enough about her to sleep with her, but you don't care enough to help her. You know? Then, yeah, we, she we, wanted a bit of vag, and that was all she did. Yeah. <laughs> We've sort of had this conversation, I think, about something else, but it's that thing of, I get, maybe it's because we're men. Yeah. But I can't imagine. This whole idea of systemic silence, like good Germans. Mm-hmm. I don't get how these women just don't come out instantly. Yeah. Because it's not like you're going to lose... Yeah. You, you're going to get more prestige. You're going to be heralded as brave and... I can... I can... A whistleblower, you know? By the idea that being in a situation like that, where mm. you just... You want to speak up. You know it's the mm. right thing to do, but you can't because of the system that's sort of bearing down... Or the company that's like bearing mm. down on you. I can buy that. But this film does nothing to make you feel like Fox is, like, the enemy. No. It just tells you that Fox is the enemy. Yes. You needed something like in Spotlight, where you have, like, the churches in the background of all the shots. Yeah, you yeah. needed some kind... It's a film. Use the language of film. <laughs> Visual language, yeah. Visual language of film to show how, like, oppressive Fox is. Yeah. If that's the angle you're going at, don't just have characters go, oh, I can't help you. Yeah. Because Fox. Yes. But show us that you can't help us. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
It's just pure Oscar bait. And I don't that think it is pure I don't, Oscar I don't think that that um, photograph that Kate McKinnon has of like a friend. I don't even think it's her lover. It's just a friend. It's two women in a photograph. And Margot Robbie like puts it back in the drawer, and she's like, "Oh, you don't want people to see that." Mm. And then as things are getting better, she sort of gets it out for Kate McKinnon, and Kate McKinnon just puts it back in the drawer. Like, no, you're right. I can't. Yeah, we yeah. can't say these things at Fox. Yeah, I don't think that's a, um, good enough. No, not at all. And you're right, it is Oscar bait. Oscar bait used to be films about slaves, and now it's about people who show some clip for a promotion. That's what, that, <laughs> that's what Oscar bait is now, isn't it? Anything yeah. that's vaguely Me Too or, you know, that, that paints a historical man as a I don't understand how people can, don't see the utter cynicism. Because you, you, you're right. Yeah. Now that Me Too is in vogue, mm. we all of a sudden, we don't really seem to care about slavery anymore. Like, <laughs> like Oscar films, like it's not, you know, yeah, that's oh, not slavery is the thing that we need to push. And like, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that seems to have died away. Yeah. Were there any films this year nominated that were about slavery? Uh, Harriet. Yeah. But that got, but, like, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, that's it, really. Yeah. How do people not look at that? Like, they're complaining about, like, oh, you know, we don't have enough of, of a diverse mm. range of, like, people being nominated. But how can they look at that and not see the cynicism of yeah. it all? There's studio movies pandering to the lowest common denominator. And yeah. And there's this pandering to the zeitgeist and the bubble, yeah. you know? Yeah, Five years so from now, clear. when Me Too is not in vogue, something else is in vogue, yeah. there, aren't, there aren't going to be any Me Too films nominated. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. So, I, yeah, so I gen- it genuinely beg beggar's belief. Still not getting a nomination. Mm. We're still not, sorry? I said Greta Gerwig's still not getting a nomination. <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't know. Do you think they're going to, just because of the backlash this year, whatever she makes next, she's going to get a nod? No. Even if it's wor- worthy. Not worthy, I should say. If it's mm. worthy, then it should be nominated. Yeah. They'll probably nominate a female. She was nominated like- for Ladybird. Yeah. But this is the thing. It's not like she, and yeah, she, she keeps getting snubbed. Yeah, she, and that she was, didn't this year. That was her debut... Um, yeah, outing as well. So yeah. that was like, oh shit, a debut female director. Fair yeah. play. Yeah. I think it was a debut. That sounds about right. Yeah. She'd written things before, but yeah. Directorial debut. Okay. I, I, I'm, yeah, I have nothing nice to say about this film. Yeah. Really, no, so. don't watch it. If you, if so, you, if, if you, if you, if you want to know more about this incident, Go and look up the articles and like what they've yeah, actually it's published, not, it's, like Megan Kelly's. It's not a good like resource that. for no. explaining the situation. No. no, when the people it's based on are criticizing the film the most, yeah, to the extent of putting up a thirty-minute fucking YouTube video, mm. yeah, yeah, ban it off. Well, to be fair, like most films about historical figures, there are always people who complain that wasn't how it really well, happened. Green Book being a good example. Green Book being a good example. Yeah, I guess that was seen as kind of whitewashing black and bad him like the the nature of their relationship right okay because it was apparently fractious in real life but it's presented as really friendly in the yeah. film but yeah this I mean obviously they were complaining that Roger Ailes wasn't depicted badly enough hmm. I, I, I don't know but he's presented pretty badly yeah to the point where we are sceptical about no one's that villainous exactly <laughs> you know? yeah um, but yeah no don't don't watch it it's just like a cobbled together quickly made thing yeah it's not visually interesting. Yeah, it's not written particularly interestingly. It's got a good title. That's it. Double meaning. That's yes. it. That's it. That's all it's got going for it. Yeah. Got a good title. As I've said, I've said it enough times. Margot Robbie's good in it. Yeah. But she don't suck a dick, so. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it's not even worth watching. I mean, technically the character, I think, does suck oh, yeah. a did dick. She, but... Did she suck a dick or did she have sex with him? Is uh, the implication uh, uh, supposed uh, to be that they had sex? Yeah, they, they had sex. I see. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, Can he? I'll say no, no, no. <laughs> just fair play to John Lithgow. 
Fair play to Roger Ailes. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, based on his depiction, like, you know, he's got his Zimmer frame, he's constantly taking pills. Mm. I don't know. And the film doesn't do were, this. Were they, were they blue? I don't know. I didn't see. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I thought, like I said, the film doesn't imply it, but I took it to me. Like, the reason that he's asking these women to expose themselves to him is because he can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like, he's, he's kind of impotent, you know? Well, I so imagine he's trying he, to get I imagine he, he makes them climb on top. Yeah, but it's, it's all about vicarious thrill because he can't do that anymore. As I say, that's not a f- something the film does. That's just something I took from it. Right. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it can't possibly have been true. He couldn't get it up. Well, no, because because <laughs> Margot Robbie slept with him. Yeah. yeah. So he can obviously get it up. Okay. Right? I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't watch it. Okay. <laughs> Basically. But yeah, that is our review of Bombshell. I think that's everything. I think I think that is everything that we, we finally caught up. We finally caught up. Yeah. Yes, we can now talk about uh, Birds of Prey or whatever the fuck shit film is coming out. Sonic the Hedgehog. Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> that's probably going to be next, actually. That's, that's the next. Yeah, that's that, 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 for a review of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Well, that's it, then. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Parasite. Yay! Woo! Bye. Bye.